If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Today's show is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message them from wherever you need to. No commutes and no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com zone and use the code zone to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends Zone. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. The universe has a, a way of taking care of the good people. You know what I mean? I agree. So, she's good. And- <laughs> now, let me just say this. So, she's good. And that, 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 that right there is the hashtag. The hashtag is going to be hashtag so she's good. <laughs> now, I say that because it was the perfect way to close off to tie the bow of any situation where you've had to readjust somebody's perspective and viewpoint. And that's exactly what Taraji I-D-G-A-F Henson just <laughs> did when she was talking to Ryan Seacrest. When she accompanied her slide dig, okay, it's the twist of the knife going in the back. With a chin check. Baby, it was the chin check. Woo. She took that beautiful, well-manicured, multi-million dollar <laughs> Cream de la mer moisturized <laughs> index finger, okay, with that thousand dollar Manny of Manny and said Petty, okay. and she stroked the bottom of that white man's chin to reassure him. Not only are you being checked, it's intentional, okay. What kind of? And then followed it up with a so she's good. And that, my friends, is what you do when you know you didn't did your job and done it damn well, and you want to let the asses know that you know that you didn't done your part. Let you let them know. know. So, I'm she's good. And she was also talking about Mary J. Blige, so you know I'm already. I didn't catch who he was asking mm. about. I mean, she was talking about Mary and how she's had such a great year and, you know, how she's, you know, capping it all off with a performance as a history-making double Academy Award nominee amidst the turmoil of a nasty public divorce. And she did it with such grace and elegance. And she was so regal. And so Taraji had to let his ass know, you know, <laughs> she's good because the universe has a way of taking care of the good people. Ooh, Amen. Lord. Chin stroke. <laughs> so she's good. And with that being said, we want to welcome one, welcome all, welcome, 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 welcome to the friend zone. To the friend zone. 
your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell, or Ryan Seacrest, would like to have a musty brain? <laughs> and shout out to Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yeah, you know what's going on, y'all. Not shout out to Ryan Seacrest. Because apparently he didn't had fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shout out to everybody. Woo. Ooh, yeah. well, how are your weekends? <laughs> you know, my weekend was good. It was a weekend spending work and service. Uh, you know, I actually was excited to uh, go to a pre-Oscar uh, brunch, a networking brunch Cute, this week in New York. Um, the the uh, guest list was comprised of people who work in the entertainment industry here in New York City. Um, a lot of creatives were connecting in yes, the room. Yes, It was also very black. It was in Harlem. Um, yes, and the Oscar just have an event. right? Okay, and so black the, events. Um, it was so funny because the Oscar, not the Oscar uh, red carpet, rather footage was going on while we were having the event. Oh, and so how cool is that? Everybody was talking and you know making the moves that they need to make, but everybody was distracted and kept looking over <laughs> their shoulder at the screen. At the outfit, you want to see what everybody had on. <laughs> And then to cap the blackness, keep a keep on of the event on, <laughs> they clapped and applauded when Mary J. Blige came oh, on the red carpet. The entire yes. room literally broke out into applause. You were home, Dustin. Yeah. Oh, you were oh home. my God. It, I literally drank the purple juice from Wakanda <laughs> when that was going on. So I had a good weekend. It amazes me that anything I hear about Mary J, mm-hmm. I think of Dustin mm-hmm. and how Every happy time. he mm-hmm. must be. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys this are like been, I mean, one, in, one in the same in my brain. Thank the, you. I love time. her. And hey, you know that that's a genuine love. It's, a, it's Since a, before a, the all true love. <laughs> yes. For real. I love real. her. You know, it's a Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle kind of love. It's a real, you know, a Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a real thing. Okay? Imagine y'all in a movie Ooh. together. Imagine us. She going back to the Oscars. If that, if, that, if it happens, she going back. Shit, and you going with her, too. Hell yeah. Shit. Yes. Best actor. Okay? okay. Shit. And best original song, because you know I'm going to write me a hot 16 on the track. <laughs> Okay, it's coming. I'll be the next. I'll be the first nigga double nominee. <laughs> she was the first woman. I'm gonna be the first nigga up there. <laughs> I would have been sharp as hell at the Oscars too. What y'all would have wore on the red carpet? You would have been oh, so damn. cute. Mm-hmm. I think I would have done like navy velvet with like an ivory shirt and an ivory bow tie, mm. all ivory with like navy burnout velvet. Shout out to Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. He had on a black. Donald. Burnout um, Gucci velvet jacket on that red carpet. He was sharp see. as a tack. I his outfit. He was yeah. sharp. You hear me? Who Damn. are your faves? Donald. Okay, for the for the women, um, of course, Mary J. Blige. She knocked it out on the red carpet. She knocked it out on the stage and her after party dress that she wore to the Vanity Park Fair party and the party that Beyonce and Jay Z threw for her that everybody mm. was at. Um, it was amazing. So she was my favorite. I love what Nicole Kidman had on. That was she looked like an actress. Yes. Um, I love old time. Oh my god, Viola Davis was absolutely drop dead stunning in that pink. Yes. Mm. Um, there's a Spanish actress. She had on a yellow dress. I can't think of her name, but she was stunning. Um, who else did I really? Oh, Zendaya, gorgeous, gorgeous. I didn't see what she had on. Chocolate brown sheer, um, very uh, pleated, hanging off one shoulder, st- like stunning. Work, Zendaya, stunning. I loved uh, Janelle Monae's mm, outfit. That red, that yes. like, um, what's it called with the bulls? Matador. A matador, sort she of. She did look like a fly-ass matador. Right, like yeah. a swaggy matador. And shout out to Christian Seriano because he dressed. Do you know Christian dressed? 17 women 
Gotcha. Do you know Damn. how hard that is? Damn. To dress, to have fittings, dresses, get everything tailored for seventeen actresses, and even to and provide looks that will to provide stand looks. Out yes, 17, 17 different creative ideas like that that are worthy of an Oscar's red carpet. Yo, and a lot of them were custom. Cause that that uh, Janelle Monae one is custom yeah. to her style. You know that's just this ain't the volumes. student of the month awards. This the Oscars. You <laughs> know to be able saying? to fit your schedules, Woo! team, line up with them and do that. Shout it's out nuts. to Christian. He is out here. I'm so happy for him. But yeah, I mean, she was my favorite. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know. I'm. I feel bad. I'm not familiar with her name, mm-hmm. but she was the actress that had, was doing that face that was a gift for a while from Get Out. The no 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 face. Oh yeah. <laughs> she had like a Sheree teal. Winfield. Hey, down, down, down. Tim and Dustin. Hey, she had on a teal dress that was so beautiful. Go ahead. She was saying yes, 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 yes on Sunday, wasn't she, friend? And I like Chadwick, uh, Chadwick's oh, outfit yeah. too. I loved it. I loved it. I the, thought he like, looked beautiful. Everybody the from the cast looked yeah, gorgeous. Everyone looked beautiful. The whole Lupita, Denai, everybody mm-hmm. looked like they yes. all looked amazing on the red carpet. And I love the way that they st- they were not in character, but the, just the camaraderie of them. The way they just stormed the carpet together. Yeah, I, I, just, I loved it. And I have to yeah. shout out my homie Vernon, who is Denise Barber. Come on with and it. had her looking so clean. Vernon Christ, because her hair be shot. Yo, okay, Tell him as I a need tack. A <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take everything I got to pay him, but I'll pay. Right, it. Shit, it's gonna be worth I don't even it. Know also, <laughs> oh, okay. shout out to Shameless Maya, who oh killed my gosh, the she Academy so Award. What? Yes. She looked so fresh earlier. I was like, ma'am. This outfit, this hair. Next level And then she fresh. had the nerve to say that she felt like she looked like a granny. I have no what? idea why. She looks so fresh. I'm like, who are you? She looks so pretty. I thought it was perfect. She stood out. The pictures were stunning. And the bolero, the yes. little bolero jacket. With the shoulder pads. and like, ooh, it was star. just she, yeah, she Like, that's literally what she looked and like. And it's effortless, right. which is what I love about her. She does it all herself. She doesn't have a stylist. She doesn't have makeup artists. She doesn't have a hairstylist. That's she all does literally. Her wow by herself at her house, just whipping that whole look up from head to toe, and then she just literally gets in her car (laughs) and drives like she's just so dope. She's got the look, she killed it, killed it. So, shout out to Shameless Maya at the goddamn Academy Awards. Shout out to Raymond Warren, um, good dear friend of mine who just won that award. I told you about him a couple weeks ago. His ass was at the Oscars for Cadillac. So, shout out to him, all on at sitting up next to Ava. I know we're talking a lot Come about on. the Oscars, but we got to get this out the right. way before it's we cute. start. It's exciting. Ava, do, Ava on her um, Instagram story, when Jordan uh, Peele won for Best uh, Screenplay for Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. Ava was sitting at a table viewing the awards with Angela Bassett, and there were some other people at the table. I can't remember who else. When he won, Angela Bassett is sitting there in this multicolor sequins pantsuit tailored to hell with this big, huge <laughs> hair, and she starts yelling out this, like, like chant. It was almost like a tribal chant. Like, <laughs> 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 I 
and like moving her shoulders and her arms when wow, he won. Where did you see this? This was all on Ava's Instagram story. I was being nosy. So then, <laughs> so so then it goes to the next video, and it's Angela Bassett again. This time she's standing in like the lobby of some party. I think it was Elton John's party, mm-hmm. dancing with Spike Lee. They're like dancing and, and talking and oh, laughing, like wow. and celebrating. She, she leans in, and somebody starts. Somebody tries to take a photo, so she leans in and immediately goes into this pose. And it just, Jade FaceTimed me right after I watched it. So I made her hang up and watch it. And then she FaceTimed <laughs> me back. And it just was so, it was really inspiring, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was just Angela Bassett being her pure self. And she literally was exuding natural star quality. Right. It was something like you had never really seen. And it was her, there were no real cameras. She wasn't like hamming it up. It was just her amongst her peers. Mm-hmm. She was very Having comfortable fun. and very aware because the way, if you could have seen the way she hit that pose, <laughs> it just was like, damn, that's why you got to be vet. yourself. <laughs> And do it your way because that's what people remember. And she's been looking wow. awesome. Oh my god! I think she's been playing a little more. Have you noticed with her style, like mm-hmm. her hitting different hair and kind of um, colors? Buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Bangela button. <laughs> but well, what about you, Asante? What was your weekend like? You know, how do you follow up after the Oscars? Right. <laughs> we set you up. Uh, my weekend was cool. It was a little stressful. Because you have a show coming up. the show coming up. Um, I'm turning 30 this month, oh, so okay. a lot of that was happening. I decided to get wasted on a Friday and hang out with people, so that was so much fun. And Cute. Then I spent the rest of the weekend working, trying to figure out like what I want to do for the show, how I want to do it. Uh, so much time to where we decided to do a second show. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> because did you get to announce that it sold out? Uh, I don't know. Oh, actually, I did not right? get to announce that because we had the uh, awesome guest last week. But my show sold out. Uh, yes. Thank you so much. But then we decided to do a second show. So Boom. for those of you that actually want to come out, it's going to be a late night show. Doors are at 11 on March 24th. Yes. Um, go to ifiwerrapper.com for tickets. Um, I've got some special things coming up in the next couple of weeks to drop before the show just so people can kind of get a taste of what they're going to have at the show. But for everybody that bought tickets and sold out the first show, thank you so much. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be an awesome time and it's going to be very, very special because it's going to be the first of its kind Mm. and it's going to be the first of an amazing uh, awesome run of things to come. Yes. yes. So it's come on. excited for you. Great Sante. to do that back to back. Thank you. You very cut much. that check one way. That ain't the friend zone. So get money, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> look, look. I love y'all. Get money, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I gotta do it uh, that way. Okay. No, Whole pie. Whole pizza pie. <laughs> y'all, I'm just playing. Y'all know we still here every Tuesday. I mean, Wednesday for those listening. <laughs> Fred, how were you? How was your weekend? Um, it was pretty busy too. I told you guys I have the RAK. Campaign next week. Yeah. And that one is is not just like taking pictures and getting cute. This one is like actual writing. Like I had to blog again, and that was crazy. Ooh, I love it. I it took love me it. to my roots. Cause you know, I, I haven't blogged in so many years, but that's how I started online. Yeah. So it kind of it, it plays on all the elements of my growth. Mm. And so I blogged like my Tumblr days. I also made a YouTube video, yes. <laughs> like my YouTube days. And then there's an audio part like the podcast days. So it's just cool. It's a cool uh, way to kind of look back on my journey as a creative and an online person. So that's going to be fun. Obviously, I'll be able to tell you guys more about it next week. And I had to mention you guys. So because of you guys, 
uh, the listeners, you guys had Target post. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I, I was like, stop harassing them. But your harassment... <laughs> but, but it worked. I'm convinced it's your harassment because it wasn't even... Like, no one was supposed to be posted on their Instagram. It was just, like, you know, an option. Obviously, they have the right since mm-hmm. it's their campaign. And they posted me, and I couldn't believe it. I was... And then it was so cute because those of you who happened to catch it were like, look, girl, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) There was like little congratulatory uh, emojis. And so that's so cute. I just love y'all. I love the love y'all have for me Mm -hmm. and just the support because that was really you guys. You guys decided on your own to go and tell Target where's Fran rather aggressively. (laughs) But it worked. Now, you know, I got to be black. Go no, ahead. I'm not going to do it. I was about to be like, now nah, I'm going to tell him to go to Target back. Now run that check. No, do not tell them to do that. They'll don't, never work don't my Don't do that, y'all. Don't do They'll it. be like, we can't work with any more black people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the They're a little aggressive. After <laughs> we didn't did the electric the slide <laughs> all up in their mentions and shit for two weeks, we did electric <laughs> sliding in the mentions, and it worked. Right, but I appreciate the love because it definitely works. So if you go to the Target style Instagram, which has like a million something followers. Wow. You'll see that they posted one of the images from the campaign. So thank you guys. That was a pleasant surprise. It sent me a bunch of traffic, which obviously, as a creative, as you guys know, it's unfortunate, but it's true that this is a numbers game. And so the bigger that our brands get, the more we can sustain ourselves. So I'm thankful for all the growth. And thankful for all the traffic you guys send my way. So thank you. And let that also be a a side note. If there are creatives that you admire, follow them. Follow them all over. Follow them on all their platforms. Like, you know, show them that support. Show them those numbers. So that's it. Just just that. Excited about next week. Just that. Just that. You guys ready to jump into the show? Maybe. (laughs) The recap. (laughs) It won't be too crazy this week. So on last week's episode that you guys absolutely went up for, I think I saw more tweets and comments saying that was the best episode we've ever had. People saying it was in their top five. It's in my top five. Yeah. So it seems like whenever we do interviews, people really, really enjoy them. You notice that? It's yeah. like, so that's good because that means we're, you know, polishing our skill sets. That's right. We are posting the streets. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And it was a very good episode. It was titled What Happens to a Dream Achieved featuring Lewis York. The Lewis York. Yes. Shout out to Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony for joining us on that amazing episode. Spitting yes. so many gems. And even just their openness because they don't really do interviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they do interviews, it's straight music. It's not anything personal. I'd say that was probably the most personal they've ever been, period, so in their whole career. Yeah, yeah, so thank you to them for sharing that that space with us. Mm-hmm. Your shoes are cute, friend. So I, I just oh, looked at the you. thing and saw. <laughs> oh, yes. You are funny. They are. Thank you. <laughs> Fran got on some. I'm just. I'm a tell Fran got on like some mustard, like goldenrod harachis. <laughs> they are so cute, and it's Thank all like you. the whole shoe is yellow and the sole is white. They're cute. Thank Go you. Ahead, Fran. I was feeling a little bright today. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would notice. I mean, I just looked down. I said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> stepping out." <laughs> Y'all are funny. Okay. So, of course, as always, you guys had a lot to say about it. A lot of great things. That was like yes. 100% positive feedback. Asante, who stood out to you? 
I want to shout out Felicia in the emails. She said in the subject line, this week's episode gave me chills. Mm. <sighs> we heard a lot of that, too. Very much of that. Um, this week's episode with Lewis York was your best episode yet. Wow. <laughs> Not because you brought on millionaires to talk about what it's like <laughs> to be rich, but because there was an awesome dialogue about what it's really like to reach the goals you set for yourself. I'm nowhere near being a millionaire, but I recently made a big transition from the restaurant industry to the tech industry. Yay. I just had to shout that out. You know, shout out to you, girl, for getting out the service <laughs> industry. I did it, too. We ain't going back. <laughs> so I went from serving, working paycheck to paycheck, and not knowing how much money I would make each week to a good salary, benefits, a 401k, and puppies running around the office because we can do that. Oh. You would think that I would be good. I made it out of all that loop that a lot of people get stuck in when working in the service industry. And although I love my new job, being able to pay my bills, build my credit, and have weekends off, going to company events, buying ethically made shoes, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, girl. Okay. <laughs> I often feel flooded with worry and anxiety that I'm not good enough, that the next opportunity won't be like this one. On mm. top of all that, I'm trying to buy a home for the first time. Sometimes I, it feels like I believe in myself more before I met any of my goals. I thought I was crazy for having these feelings, and after listening to this week's podcast... It gave me so much healing to know that I'm not alone. Mm. I, too, came from immigrant parents from Jamaica. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, too. I had to read it like that. I couldn't. I could not. Well, yeah, Rachel, those are. <laughs> came from immigrant parents from Jamaica. And Wait, can I just stop you? <laughs> the girl that did the original gif or not gif meme of rachel dozal being uh-huh. like I, I too she tweeted us and was like i love that you guys always <laughs> reference my tweet please oh my please I, it, tweet me girl so i can i will i would love to kick it like, <laughs> the fact that she's the originator the originator that's right yes the please opposite. tweet us so we can have a whole moment on twitter please <laughs> she was like every time we do it she dies we too we okay. like to kick it we too. We like to wax poetic about your originality. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. No, I just had to do that because I, I forgot. Because no, even when I read it the first time when I was pre-reading, I read it like that. <laughs> you thought about Rachel Dozal putting It's them, hard not to read that. that. Like, putting not them tilapia filet looking ass hands up in the air on her chest. <laughs> Talking about she too. <laughs> Every time I think about her, tilapia filet, tilapia filet looking ass hands. Every time I think about her and them fucking chicken feet fingers braiding somebody's hair, I get mad every time. You know, she was doing hair. Yeah, she was doing hair at Howard. At Howard doing hair, lying about everything. Well, like a workshop? No, she was, remember, she was like a hair, uh, she did hair. What you mean? Like she was, people would pay her to style their hair and braid it and shit. She was like a braider. Rachel Dozal. But, but I mean, like in the dorm, like chilling with people, braiding. Yeah, like, like pay her like forty dollars for like some to the back for forty dollars for like eight to the back and baby hair. You know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. I swear to God in heaven, you can look it up. It's Googleable. It's Googleable. Every time I think about blue magic hair grease on them old dry cuticles of hers, I get mad every single time because it was a lie. And to the people that let her in their hair, oh, I think about that girl they showed licking her hand and putting it in that girl's hair. <laughs> Same thing. Rachel does. I imagine what she did. Oh, well, <laughs> Felicia too came from immigrant parents from Jamaica, Woo. and it's hard to chase after things that they didn't even understand. No one in her family has taken this route, so the guidance she was limited to, him limited to was scattered. So thank you for reminding me to focus on the process and the journey lies and the happiness. Okay, I had to just like keep laughing. <laughs> Friend, what did you find? 
episode. I said, Asante, just finish reading this letter. Just finish reading this. Right. And then you can go right back to that. I'm done. Okay. Ooh. You talking so, about bye, Felicia. <laughs> no, don't start. <laughs> don't even. Don't even. Felicia tweet Dustin. It was his fault. Damn. Okay, so Nikila Harris on SoundCloud said, it makes me so happy to hear that Cloud said complaining about your success makes you seem ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure he's not the only person that has felt or feels this way. Wendy Williams had a topic, a hot topic, excuse me, where she was talking about Cardi B saying, I was happier before I was famous. And Wendy said, it's way too early for her to be complaining. Other than Mm. the fact that I'm a Cardi B stan, I found it crazy that someone who is in the public eye and who, unfortunately, (laughs) has a large following wouldn't understand where Cardi is coming from. I personally think people are entitled to feel the way they feel without getting shot down about it, no matter the level of success, because God forbid something wild happens, like when celebrities overdose. The first thing you always hear is, I wonder what they were going through or what, or what you say, or why they didn't talk to someone about it. Very true. And that part stood out to me too with Claude, which I thought was the hard part. It's like, especially amongst your friends and family, they're looking mm-hmm. at you like you made it. And then you're over here uh, stressed about it or sad about it, depressed. Who can understand? Who can relate? Especially right. when people think money is everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So that one, thank you, Nikhil. I thought that was interesting. I didn't catch the Wendy Williams hot topic. Hmm. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? I didn't either, but Wendy, she be doing that shit all the time. Like, Really? Yeah, like, sorry, really quickly. Like, when she talked and about Tanache. And she Tinashe, seems so sad. When she talked about Tanache. But Wendy Williams seems really sad. She has to think, be really sad to be as mean as she is. So and, it's interesting that she would act like she doesn't know where people are coming from. And you would think with her being the way that she is that she would try to cut people slack. Or <laughs> you be, say being the way that she is. What do you mean? <laughs> Justin, why are you laughing? What you mean? What you mean? How oh, is no. she? He's setting being you the up. way she is. Don't what you answer. What you talking about? He's setting you, you up. You know what? Where are you gonna go? I'm just Let's asking just you what you mean. You said being a, with her being the way she is. Her being. <laughs> Her being so like, be what? What'd you say? That's, that's not. <laughs> I wasn't talking about Bruh. her looks. I wasn't talking about her looks. What? I wasn't talking about her looks. Asante. I wasn't talking about her looks. Bird. Uh huh. See, so Tanache, when she had that whole conversation about Tanache being angry about the other girls trying to box her in as like a Rihanna or Beyonce and not just be her own person. Yeah. I thought that that was very fair of her to say. But Wendy was like, oh, well, honey, you know, for a black girl, like you just got to be better than them or whatever she said. And I was just like, Wendy, you just you ain't going to get up and do none of this any damn way. And you're so out of touch, the fact that you even feel like your say is going to be golden. And it is, because there are people that are listening to it's irresponsible. Yeah. She's so problematic, and she always is doing that shit. Saying always. things that are unnecessary, making points that only add to other negative rumors or egg on and fuel shit like that. And that's why she gets on everybody's nerves. And that's why... Even her own. Yeah. And that's why, you uh, know, uh, 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 that's why Humpty Dumpty uh, sat on that uh, wall and took a great fall. Okay. Twitter street. Um, I want to give a shout out to <laughs> CNN. CNN. Yeah, first of all, Henry Street. I want to give a shout out to CNN who tweeted that Diana 
Volitich, I believe that's how you say this whore's name. She what? was a Florida middle school teacher <laughs> who secretly mean? ran a white supremacist podcast, and she's being investigated by her district. Oh, shoot, On this podcast, that. she 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 spoke under a different name and had a Twitter account under this name where she talked about how, catch this, when parents had complained about her injecting like white polit- white supremacist um slanted political views into her her classroom you know education she lied the principal told asked her do i need to be a learner she was like no that's not true they're lying and she laughed and joked about it on the podcast so she was wow. she literally a t- this is a teacher okay wow. She literally was saying things and pushing that agenda amongst middle school students. There's nothing wrong with you. One of the quotes that she said was like, there's nothing wrong with you feeling like people like you are better than everyone else. And wow. she was, yeah, this is what this is what she was pushing the kids. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw a quote where they were saying she was encouraging other white supremacists to, instead of like, you know, protesting and parading in more visible ways mm-hmm. to just infiltrate School systems, mm-hmm. because that's how you get to the kids. Yeah. Wow. I just can't believe it. So shout out to CNN for doing that. And while we're speaking of the, of the garbage of the week, um, Donald Trump, after the Oscars, tweeted, lowest rated Oscars in history. Problem is we don't have stars anymore except your president. Just kidding, of course. Jimmy wow. Kimmel, who hosted oh, the Oscars, quoted the tweet and said, thanks, lowest rated president in history. Whoa. That made my heart wow. smile. So shout out to Jimmy Kimmel. It's Right now it's at 91,000 retweets. It's going there. Okay. So we're coming on up out of that. What world do we live in? We're coming on up out of that. Let's get back to the jokes. Shout to out to... <laughs> See, that was so genuine. I mean, I'm coming up on 30 and it's getting rougher. <laughs> okay. See, uh, so back to the jokes. Um, shout out to Mr. L. Davis, my friend LaTroy, oh, who tweeted, so I hate when people don't put their business on the internet and I'm trying to be nosy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shout out to LaTroy. We want to give a quick shout out to uh, Mashable, who tweeted that Get Out Star Daniel, how do you say his last name? Kaluuya. Kaluuya. He wore Fenty Beauty to the Oscars. Oh my Word. God, yeah. that's so cool. How cool is that, right? Dope. Shout out to Crystal, who tweeted. <laughs> we ain't never starting this episode. Um, right? <laughs> I love how mad y'all get over DeRay in that vest. I hope he never stops wearing it for that reason alone. Yes. Shout out to Crystal. <laughs> a thousand times over. Yeah. Yeah, I did see a lot of. But you know, those are my favorite tweets of the week. <laughs> um, I just, that's what made me happy. And so, yeah, that's where I was at in the streets. <laughs> you ended so calmly. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into this week's episode finally. All right. After two hours in. Okay. Um, so I noticed that the biggest conversation or biggest thread that kind of stood out after last week's episode was people saying that, first of all, they were super inspired by the conversation and sort of ready to tackle their own careers, whether it was acting or music. Um, And so what people were saying that their personal struggle was motivation Mm. and discipline and sort of feeling like, you know, kind of the New Year's Eve resolution thing that happens where people get really excited and everyone's like, this is going to be my year. Mm -hmm. And then they go really hard. They get their planners. 
They're at the gym mm-hmm. every day, 9 a.m. But then somewhere around like February and mm-hmm. March. They start letting the nigga come back over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's this really natural burnout that happens where suddenly, you know, maybe they go to the gym one or two days less or the planner doesn't get put in their book bag or their purse this day or the next. And slowly they start drifting off that high, that New Year's high of this is my year. So people were like, how do I avoid that? How can I stay motivated? How can I keep going and, and, and be like the Chuck Harmonies of the world where mm-hmm. he was playing nine hours of piano, um, you know, all throughout college? And that's insane to think of how he plays piano now and the fact that he only started, well, how old are you in college, 18, 19? Mm-hmm. Like, most people that play like him started at like four Right. <laughs> five years old they so yeah you know what i mean so it's it really says a lot what where discipline can take you if you just find the time to actually do it so i started looking at my closest friends because a lot of my friends you know chuck harmony claude pj morton like my friends who have really really gotten far and achieved their dreams i started to kind of thinking of their habits and what separated them from, like, my other friends who either are just as talented and just are not getting that, you know, that routine down or or that success and and what the differences are. And when you go online or even in bookstores, because, of course, I was, like, in Barnes & Nobles, (laughs) and, you know, you see so many books on motivation, motivation, motivation. And that's one pillar of it. But then there's also the self-discipline, which you can't really be taught. That's the aspect of it that you have to want. And you have to kind of figure out how to tap in on your own. You can read it in a book, like steps to it. But there's like an inherent aspect of it. So those are the two pillars that I kept noticing people only talk about, even in like wellness blogs, motivation, self-discipline. But the two pillars that I noticed were rarely mentioned, which stood out even from last week's episode and just our podcast as a whole, is alignment, meaning are you doing something because you feel like you should be doing it or is it like a social compliance thing where you just want to be accepted by the masses? Mm -hmm. That's a big one, especially in the age of social media. Right. And then the fourth one is core beliefs. That's where something like Chuck saying, (laughs) There was a part of him that felt like he didn't deserve it. Even after all those hours Mm -hmm. of self-discipline, all those years of of staying motivated, even the alignment. Because remember he said once he started playing piano, he felt like it was like a takeover of his like spirit. Like he was like, oh, I love this. And it was like a natural high once he got aligned with the feeling of music. But then what was missing was the core beliefs. There was a part of him that didn't feel worthy that didn't feel like he should be successful and didn't feel like he was enough and it was sort of eating at him the whole time so he couldn't enjoy that so there what I realized is that there's actually and obviously this is my opinion that there's really four pillars of success that you kind of have to pay attention to not just the two the motivation and self-discipline that are kind of like common practice when people are talking about like the successful habits of the wealthy or you know, the most successful habits. You just see all those articles in, like, Forbes. Right. So I wanted to kind of touch on those pillars and kind of see, because I think it's important, even the people listening, everyone wants to make it. (laughs) Everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to have their breakthrough. But at the end of the day, no one knows how to do it. 
and telling people like make sure you have a good morning routine <laughs> or like a right. night routine is just kind of just touching the surface of what you should really really be digging into so my first question to you guys is about motivation motivation <laughs> so i've been waiting to say it the whole time and i was doing really good <laughs> So motivation, the thing about motivation is that it's based on feelings. So think of when people are saying, I feel really motivated today. It's like it's this up and down thing where some days you don't. Some days you feel motivated to go to the gym. And then the next week, all of a sudden, you're like, I cannot, especially if it snows or maybe you had a shitty day at work. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Feelings are very fleeting, and the sad part of it being fleeting is that it also makes motivation fleeting because it's based on feelings. Do you guys feel that you're a motivated person? Is motivation something that you find easy to tap into when you need it? I would have to, I would have to say yes, but I would like to clarify that motivation <laughs> is not always a pleasant place to be because you can be motivated by a lot of different factors. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can be motivated, you know, when you think about hopeful things for your future and, you know, goals and things that you want to accomplish. But then you can also be motivated by crisis and tragedy. And, you know, you can have a bad experience with someone close to you that can motivate you to work harder to do other things. So sometimes it's not always birthed from, you know, a happy, I've got everything figured out and sorted place. Sometimes motivation can come from like a dark spot or one of your worst, you know, personal times. What do you mean? Is it, you know, how people say, like, I can't wait to prove to the people that you know, didn't think I could do this. Mm -hmm. You mean like that? That's one way. Or you can go through something like an experience that is personally traumatic that can make you be motivated to make some changes in like different things. Or you can be Got motivated you. by, you can lose <laughs> someone close to you and be motivated to, you know, work harder in like your personal relationships. It's not always when you sit back and think about, oh, you know what? This is the kind of life I want to have. So let me start, you know, handling my business. Right. You know, it's not always a happy thing. Right. So I absolutely consider myself to be motivated because I always have a situation that makes me think, you know what? I need to do this differently or that differently to make this an easier process to get to this place. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm always thinking about a goal. But my motivation is sourced from different places. But I'm always mm -hmm. motivated. Absolutely. I guess the better way that I should have phrased it is, mm -mm. are you... No, 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 no. It's important. Are you self-motivated? Mm. That is the key. Mm. Yes. some people need external pushes and external... You know, some people need to be... You know, you hear people being like, oh, I don't have an environment where, you know, I feel motivated. Like, they can't seem to get the engine running on their own. Mm. They're sad either based on, like, where they live <clears throat> or their family not being people who are reaching for goals or dreams. And so they don't feel motivated. Are you I, able to, to master that on your own despite your surroundings? Yes. I think just like you said, it's just something that's specific to some people and their personalities. Right. Um, and I'm definitely a person who's self-motivated. Um, that's probably my greatest source of motivation. I know how I want things to be for me. I know what I want. You know what I mean? And that motivates me to plan my life accordingly. You know what I mean? And, and allocate my effort and my energy to certain stuff. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I consider myself to be self-motivated for sure. In fact, I hate having lulls. I hate having a moment where I feel like I'm not doing anything or I feel like I could be doing something else so much so that I have to, like, 
police myself with that shit. Mm. It's so bad. Sometimes I'll put something in the microwave and be like, all right, nine, this minute and a half. I could fix my drink and put it in the room mm-hmm. and they get all this stuff. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> I really got to like take a step back like, yes. nigga, you know. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, to answer your question. What about you? You feel yourself motivated? I would say I am passively self-motivated. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like I want to say that I am self-motivated because I am. Like if I have to do something, I will do it. Because nine times out of ten, I'm just saying yes because I don't have a reason to say no. So if I do say no, then it really is because it's no. And people didn't understand that about me for the longest, but I used to be the person, you could just ask me to do something, and if I had the time, it didn't matter what it was, I would just be like, yes, like, sure. Just because I knew I could get it done, so I'm going to just do it. Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of like, okay, but, you know, what is actually motivating you to do this? And then I realized, like, from there, how I was a people pleaser and all of that, and I had to, like, unlock all of those things. And so as I was trying to peel back layers of that and how I could uh, motivate myself in other areas, that's when I became addicted to anime. <laughs> and Naruto, I said, every time I watch one of these episodes, there's going to be like that lesson of... There's, oh, cute. For real. And this is why I always come back to this one particular anime. You're talking about the Pillars of Success. The reason that that little ninja became the Hokage, he became the ruler of his village, which was his dream as a young, young ninja that didn't have any powers at the time. He was the weakest in his academy. The fact that every episode out of or three, three, four hundred fucking episodes of this little boy going these, through these trials and tribulations of how to get through self-discipline and motivation Aww. and learn how to turn his hurt into something and hard work and all these things. Like giving you the blueprint. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I would watch one or two of these episodes a day and I would be like, cool. Like, I'm motivated. I need to go to the gym so I can go get my uh, practice my jitsus too. <laughs> so I can be the ruler of my damn village. I'm so dead. it was like I was addicted to that and that was my motivational piece. And then, like, the anime went off. So then I was like, all right, now I have to find a new motivation. So I, I found it's, like, passively motivating. Right. Because it's like I know where I can pick up my pieces of things to motivate myself. And usually I just access them when necessary as opposed to it being, like, an active all the time. Like, not necessarily an I'm hungry feeling, but, like, a I never feel defeated. So I would say I'm self-motivated. Like, even when I'm down and I'm out, it's like I'm down this is a moment, but this is going to be temporary. I'm going to get out of this somehow. So I'm always trying to get away. Like, almost like what Dustin's saying, like trying to get to the solutions and shit. Even working out your time so you can do all these other things. Like, I try to figure all that out all the time. I love that because it reminds me, remember when Chuck was saying he didn't grow up with anyone that was, Mm -hmm. like, going to college or chasing their dreams, and it was TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said it was seeing celebrities and the homes and the different shows like the Cosby show or what was the spinoff? Um, A Hillman. The Hillman grad. A different world, you know, where they were in college. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting because usually media and TV are bad role models for most people and most kids, but it really actually inspired him to get out there and go to school. I think for me it's similar. I've always been self-motivated because being, you know, a project kid, my surroundings were not inspiring at all. I did not have role models. I will give it to my mom. Uh, even when she came, she was always in school mm. and uh, working. As a kid, I, I did see that. She was, like, busting her ass, even not speaking English. The fact that she learned a new language. So that definitely was, like, a little bit of a spark of seeing, like, this powerful woman come from a, an island to then 
get to a point where she was actually teaching in a school, like teaching wow. a classroom, someone that didn't even know the language. And then wow. she's like really smart at math and science. And my mom was teaching classes. Like how, how does she do that? So she's definitely that for me. Um, but for the most part, my neighborhood, my family <laughs> outside of her was just not the move. Um, and so I was definitely self-motivated. I don't know what pushed me. I'm guessing her, watching her go to school, kind of pushed me to see, like, how far I can take you. But for the most part, it was me just seeing, like, I just got to kind of, I got to get out of here. Really, that was my motivation. Like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this block. I got to get out of this building, this pissy elevator with chicken bones. Like, it just wasn't no way to live. You know, like that honestly. The fact that the projects is still the same. That's you so know, sad. It was like the despair really motivated me. Um, so like you were saying, Dustin, the different motivations can come from different places, but they motivated me positively where I could just like push myself. And I remember the day I moved from the projects, I felt like what a breakthrough. <laughs> like that was like a generational curse that I was able to cut uh-huh. through, which was awesome. Yeah. So that, but I will say also, I do love being surrounded by motivating people too. Yes, Lord. Because now when I, I notice like mediocrity kind of runs rampant, especially in our industry where people are praised for doing like half-assed work. If they're cool enough to get away with it, it's just kind of how it goes. It just <sighs> is what it is, a game. Um, but I never want mediocrity to kind of be a measure of anything for me because it's really easy to do that. I love being around people that are doing such massive things, like massive projects. Like you see all of my friends, like they're all doing massive things because it it expands my mind, you Mm -hmm. know, it expands my horizons and it makes me think a little bit bigger than I probably would have been thinking on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always here for people that kind of expand my scope. And so, so, you know, it's a little bit of both. Self-motivating, but I definitely like being around people. I never feel envy. I never feel like, oh, why isn't it me? It's always like, how cool? This is what I can get done. Like, I'm excited. So that's definitely like a little bit of both. Now let's go into self-discipline, though. Mm -hmm. Because motivation is based on feelings. It's based on, like, being happy enough to get started or being excited enough to get started. But thing about motivation is that it tends to burn out because feelings are fleeting energy in motion what do you do when it burns out that's where self-discipline comes in because the point of self-discipline is being able to stick with the task despite your feelings despite not wanting to do it and being able to (sighs) (laughs) being able to form a habit where you can stick with it and you've cultivated an environment where even on those days you're like i really don't fucking want to do this You've been doing it, and you're going to continue to do it. Like being at the studio on Tuesdays. Like being on this, at the even on s- snowy days <laughs> <laughs> and cold winters okay. and days where you're dealing with a breakup and you're dealing with, you know, figuring out rent. Like sad days, depression, you were still here in the studio. Do you think you're someone who has self-discipline? Now I do, yep. I didn't always have it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when... Especially when my actions were motivated by other things. Like, I can remember for a while, I was, like, on a hell-bent, you know, race to just satisfy every immediate desire I had, right? Mm -hmm. Because I grew up in a very, like, structured religious home and family environment where 
you know, your behavior was already, you know, decided for you and what you could and couldn't do was very clear. Right. You know, so for a while I was just kind of reckless with like spending, like just all kinds of things. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. But like now, um, after I've kind of gotten all of that out of my system and now that I have a whole newfound focus, like moving to New York, starting to work in entertainment, all of those things kind of required me to start organizing my thoughts and my life. Right. And so once I got that focus, um, I have been able to be like a lot more disciplined, self-disciplined. Mm -hmm. I know what works for me and I know myself a lot better now at this age. So I literally know like, all right, Dustin, you tripping because you know if you do that, this is what's going to happen. I'm able to have that meter now. And have that kind of internal voice. Didn't always have it, but I got it now. So, yes, I'm self-disciplined. I don't need no weapons. I don't need no punishments. I don't need to go in no corners. None of that. I got this. Yes. And do you, because I know your goal is acting. Yeah. Do you put out, you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master a craft mm. or master anything. Do you put those daily hours towards that 10,000? Would no. you say you work on it daily? No, because I have because I have right now my pursuits are diversified and I'm not just solely focused on acting. Right. So I have been neglecting it. There's opportunities and things that I know I should be more pursuing of and I haven't been and it really like bugs me. Yeah. Um but I don't feel as bad about it per se. Or I don't feel like as disappointed in myself because I know I have been working harder in other areas and seeing progression. Right. And I kind of feel like they go um, one in the same. I feel like the efforts I've been making in other areas of my career will, you know, lend themselves to great opportunities as an actor. So that makes me not have as much guilt, personal guilt. But the actor in me does feel bad because I should be pounding the pavement more than I am when it comes to, like, seeking auditions and opportunities. Right. But, you know, my heart's in it, and I am actively, you know, pursuing things and opportunities and making connections, so I'm working on it, but I know that I'm not giving... I'm I'm not using my full ass. <laughs> you know, I'm using my full ass, but both cheeks ain't going towards acting right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> What about you? Do you have strong self-discipline? Um, it's very passive as well, you know? <laughs> I honestly believe that I, um, you know, they're saying, like, only you can get in your own way. Yeah. Like, I'm at that phase where it was like I left my job, and so I just needed to, like, live. And speaking of living, when you talk about um, being an actor... I think that one thing that people of the craft forget is that you have to just live. And not to say that you are forgetting this, but when people are talking, because I was having this conversation with somebody a while ago, and we were talking about how you get away from things and you feel like you get so far away sometimes that you become lost or it loses you. And yeah. I'm going to double back to that, the Black Panther. We're not going to do that whole thing right now, but that ties in. <laughs> um, but we just forget that we're living. So when we do get in certain opportunities and spaces, we have that perspective and that understanding and that uh, experience so when you do get that audition for something you've lived enough of a life or enough in a moment to be able to express something or unlock something and so I think about that all the time with my discipline like how some of the time I'll go to one thing and then I'll end up with 10 other things from it but I know that you know in college where they tell you to organize your notes I never do that on the first go around, like as I'm writing them. I always like have to make them a whole mess and then go back and take notes of my notes and notes of those notes. And like 
I'm that type of person that if I'm going to make it a discipline, I already know that it's going to be a mess. And it is the journey. Like whenever I hear people talk about how, you know, they got to their destination and then they were disappointed. I just really like to when I have my show, my show is going to be awesome. But I'm really trying to enjoy like all the process of making it, like all the right. process of learning and remembering like what makes Asante Asante and like, you know, where I get my inspirations from and building this program like piece by piece so other people can enjoy it and understand it. But I have to also understand like the discipline in me has to say like, okay, you have to do this, but you really have to make it something that's going to be understandable. Because I'm the type of person that I, I'm still breaking out of that box of, you know what I mean? I hate a person that always says, you know what I mean? Because I'm that person. I'm always like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But you don't, I, I haven't said what I'm actually saying. And I'm asking <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Right. So I've been, I actually wrote that at the top of my notes to make sure that you know what I'm saying. And I almost named the show that, but that's completely different. But I always have to just remind myself that if I'm going to keep being disciplined and go back to motivation and be successful, that it's on me. It's not on anybody else. So whenever there have been doors closed or anything like that, it's been on me, not anybody else. And I mean, I think you bring up a good point because one thing with discipline, and this goes back to Chuck again. Remember he said um, after all those years when he finally got that placement with Neo and it hit him how much time he'd wasted. Not saying that like he wasn't grateful and thankful, but there's a bit of autopilot that you go into when you are in this sort of tunnel vision, you know, like this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the goal, where suddenly like nothing else matters and the sort of the whole background of your life gets blurred. And even with Claude, that's what he said, if he could do it again, which he is with Lewis York, it's like his second chance at it, um, is that he's enjoying it more. And I remember him being in the studio, where Claude would be in the studio from like, I mean, eight in the morning till five in the morning of the next day which wow. is a little bit insane mm -hmm. but that was how he did it and then he'd go home shower get maybe three four hours of sleep and then do it again and when you think about it that's amazing but it's also like where are you pulling from from for the music if you're not experiencing anything you know what i mean you're mm. not living and he was so focused on um his music theory and being this like perfect songwriter and composer and vocalist and music producer or vocal producer rather that he was forgetting to enjoy it, to enjoy the music, to enjoy life, to go out and see exhibits and go out and date and hang out and have more stories to tell. Yes. And so I think that's the part of self-discipline that can be a little bit tricky. Um, you are here to explore your gifts, but you're also here to like, just be like that's a part of your gift too that you're here just being and I think people forget that so I'm huge you guys know my personality I'm always studying <laughs> always taking notes always writing it's sort of easy for me to get into self-discipline but what I'm learning and it is from watching my friends and also just from my personal experiences in the music industry and even with things like YouTube um is that it gets a little bit phony if you are so self-disciplined and so formulaic and so focused on information that you lose sight of what you have to offer, like your personal stream of info that's not coming from a book, mm. that's not coming from a theory that someone else is teaching, you know, but mm -hmm. it's it's your theory. It's your expression of 
this craft and that's equally as valuable yes you know what i mean i think that's a part of discipline that gets lost because the third pillar which we segue into is alignment (laughs) (laughs) and it's the part that was like i didn't see it at all in all the stuff i was looking up the books no one spoke of alignment no one spoke of alignment and i think that is where people get fucked up in this industry whether it's acting or Uh, music or whatever your personal craft is a lot of the depression comes from the fact that you were following a formula of self-discipline of hours of 10,000 hours focus 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 do it like Claude did it do it like Chuck did it okay but when did you get to the part where you do it like you do it right (laughs) you know what I mean that's your key to making it Ooh, this different. episode right on time. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, when does that get uh, explored? I don't really hear people speaking of that. Even when you go to these workshops and conferences and these webinars on the five keys to success, they're literally telling you how to do it based on how they did it. Does that mean that that's the path for you? No. Actually, you should be going the other way just because they did it. If anything, I would go to the webinar to know what not to do. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But I, I know what you mean, mm-hmm. and you and this is you know we connecting friends. Yeah. So when if you at that webinar, right? Maybe you don't need any of what they're saying, but maybe you need that experience of knowing that you didn't need it to get you to the next as point. a breakthrough. <laughs> right. Sometimes you need that, like for real. And you I, know, that's and, very valuable. And it, it triggered me a little bit because I was thinking about like in school when we were act and we would do little moments. I remember my teacher being like, "Don't be afraid to to take a chance." Mm-hmm. And it meant, you know, sometimes when you would do certain parts, or you would read certain roles, you would think, "I have to act this way, or respond this way." Take risks. Like, you know, life is about actual, like, reactions. Yes. Like, for every action, there's a reaction, not like a formula of something that you're actually supposed to or have to do. And I love it because Haas on our tour always says, shout out to Haas, or known as Miriam Haznea on Twitter. <laughs> she always says on the tour, we're all this, like, ball of light, this beautiful soul. And then you get blessed twofold because you get to come into the world as this personality. You know, whether it's poverty, (laughs) whether it's a black woman, whether it's an intellectual, whether it's someone that never went to school, you know, a black man, a white woman. And these are all these little details that like no one will ever be able to express but you. And that is what makes you so fantastic and mystical and magical. And so I think it's sad when we fall into these self-discipline webinars or or traps yeah because there's never a conversation about inspiration and the inspiration being based on your sense of purpose and what it means for you and that's going to be different for absolutely every single person that's why when chuck was like he never took classes he just started playing (laughs) and look how he plays you know what i mean whereas claude did go to school for vocal performance and it was amazing because he learned theory, so you kind of can't fuck with him on, like, you know, his book smarts. But he also went out there and was in the studio grinding. So it's that thing of, like, school versus the school of hard knocks, <laughs> like which is more valuable. I think they both are, if you can be blessed to have them. But look at Chuck. He didn't have schooling for it and still killed it. So I think you just got to kind of make it work with what you have Mm -hmm. but alignment is important too because of social compliance especially now with social media most people want to 
be a digital web star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sell tummy tea. Sell tummy tea. For real. Fashion and a lot of times it's not even based with them. Like, like, and that's no shade because we do it. I right. mean, I can't shade our how our beautiful careers. You let fashion over call me. <laughs> okay. Somebody send me some weed. No, that's see, what I'm see saying. How say, hashtag AD. <laughs> <laughs> that track is going in quick. As hell. That's what I'm saying. There's no shade because we've been super blessed and I'm grateful every day to be able to sustain myself this way. But what does make me sad is how many people are doing it because it's what they're being overstimulated by mm-hmm. all day long. As opposed to like even my little cousins, a lot of them want to be like YouTube makeup gurus. Okay, cool. But I wonder like, if they sat, and I know this is going to sound, you know, airy-fairy, but if they sat and, like, meditated and were quiet by, <laughs> I know, right, were quiet by themselves in a room and really listened to, like, what's going to make them happy, was it really makeup YouTube guru? Like, right. did that really come into their spirit right. <laughs> and stream into them, like, this is your purpose? Maybe it could have been. I don't know. But I don't know how many people have taken that time out to find motivation, self-discipline, but also alignment. Alignment. That mm. shit gets on my nerves too, friend. It's a big thing. It's missing. And then what happens mm. is you get people who make it. How many artists have you seen who made it and then they disappeared? Don't get me started. Because once they got there, they were like, this shit is not what I want. A lot of people, you see documentaries all the time of people being like, I fucking hate the industry. It's terrible. Like, and it is. I don't know why I'm in it. This shit sucks. And Chuck always says... You got to really, really, really love music. I mean, bleed, sweat, cry music. Because if you don't and you're in this industry, you're fucking batshit crazy. (laughs) There's no other reason to endure what you have to endure. And so alignment. Alignment. Do you guys feel aligned with what you guys have found to be your calling? Finally in my life, yes. And it's it's something unavoidable. Of course, as you grow and learn, your your desires change, your tastes change. You know, everything changes. But I can finally say that I have clear goals and clear things in mind that I want to do that are an extension of my natural self and my authentic self. So finally, yes, and I'm so and it's nothing more than me being, as you just referenced, surrounded by people who have figured that part out. Mm-hmm. And who have shown me, like, this is what happens when you devote a little bit of time to really reflecting on who you are at your core. Amen. And what makes sense. Amen. And so as I've I've seen that and absorbed that, it's, it has literally rubbed off. So I can finally say that, yes, I have decided on some things that are natural extensions of who I really am. I love that. Yeah. And that's how you excel. Without alignment... Life feels very forced within your craft. And once you have that realization, it's so, like, jarring because you think, damn, I really thought I had things figured out, but I was literally walking around with a brick wall in front of my face. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or a a Karen King bang over my eyes, you know, things (laughs) like that. So you just, you know. (laughs) What about you? Do you think you're in alignment? Yes, very much so. Uh... All the, all the while, I will keep thinking back to that place where I was at my job, wondering, like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? And then I remember there being days where I didn't mind being there because I said, well, at least I'm here and I'm not out in the streets, like, begging or upset. And, you know, like, at least I have this job. 
And I think even with that job, things were falling into place for me. And I didn't quit that job just because the first thing happening came along. I quit it because I finally was like, I have an, I've had enough of this and I actually don't even really need this. Like I waited until it wasn't even a necessity anymore before I let it go. But I felt so aligned when I left. Like I felt, <laughs> I felt so like, like, why did I stay here? Like, I don't even have to be here. And it wasn't on a, like, I don't hate the service industry. I didn't hate working in the restaurant. I love making money. I love talking to people. I love hearing all the random ass stories. But I just hated working in a place where one of my bosses was someone that decided to treat people a certain way. And I think um, one of the things that depended on me taking a job was how well I aligned with people there in the beginning. Like any job I took, if a manager or supervisor was interviewing me and they said something like, you know, not everybody's going to be a perfect fit, but, you know, we at least want to try to work things out with people the first couple go rounds to see how we work, uh, how well we work together. And I thought that that was very cool and interesting. When I hear people say stuff like that, like they want to work on stuff with you, it means that they want to invest in you. And when I was working at that restaurant, she, the person did not want to invest in any of her employees and I was just there to make money. So whenever I was treated a crazy way, it was like, why am I even in this situation? Right. Hold when on, I'm bitch. A, right. <laughs> when I'm aligned somewhere that I feel like I need to be. Like, I'm literally here with you. Like, hold on, bitch. All right. Hold up, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because you really taking me out of my alignment. And I've been getting... And not to sound rude, but it's like I've been giving you this time that I could have been putting over to where giving I was alive. Giving your aligned. power away. Like, literally giving your power away. But then I to also... To a nothing asshole. <laughs> oh, my God. But then, friend, I also struggle with is that... Is the struggle sometimes part of the alignment? Like, sometimes do you yes. need to be taken outside of where you're going or where you are to be reminded, like, what you're doing? I mean, my opinion on that, I don't think struggle is within alignment. Not struggle, But I think it's like a compass. Mm, It's part of the meter. Exactly. Because what you're learning is what isn't alignment. Yes. So through figuring out what doesn't feel good, you start moving towards what does feel good. So I don't think there's a connection like directly, but indirectly, yes. I think it's part of the process. Mm. Because... The music industry, I got a lot of emails of people being like, so if you sing like that (laughs) and your friends were like this, how did you not make it? And I'm like, you know what? That's a very honest question. And a lot of it was a misalignment because the problem is the beauty, I should say, (laughs) because it worked out how it was supposed to work out, is that Claude had me trained vocally to sound like anybody. And I lost myself. When it came to my project, I didn't know who Fran sounded like. Because <laughs> mm. I had never had to sound like me. I got trained to sound like Mariah and Kelly and Whitney and all these voices. And then when it came to my voice, I was like mimicking all of them where it needed to be. And then I was like, ooh, you know, like this doesn't feel good. And then when it came to being my own artist, I was actually, when he mentioned Red One, cracked me up because I was under Red One. <laughs> <laughs> is working with Red One, who at the time had Gaga, you know, so Red One was giving me all these really, like, big dance or Euro tracks, and I was, like, doing the records. I remember we were, like, recording them, and everyone in my life was like, girl, this is crazy. And then I was like, this shit is not me, though. (laughs) I don't want to sing this. But I didn't know what I wanted to sing because I didn't ever set the time aside to figure out who is Fran. 
You kicking some was an real artist. shit right now, friend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it felt very uncomfortable because, like Claude said, you're in the process of making it or make or you already made it and people around you like girl you stupid sing that fucking song like are you dumb and how many A&Rs were like girl put this on sing this song and make it either that or be a, a righteous broke backpack rapper that is like this is true to me you know what I mean which one which one do you want to be mm. and guess what happened I was like fighting myself all the time because you know, Claude was like, Fran, you just got to make it. Like, we'll figure it out later. But then what happens is you'll be known for that sound. Mm-hmm. And then you go like Britney and have a breakdown because <laughs> you don't want to fucking be this fake version of you. And then people laugh at you and say you're crazy. And then they laugh when you come out with this completely different album like Pink did mm-hmm. <laughs> where she let stop being a black girl and then started being the rocker girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it happens to everybody. And yep. I was like, this is such a common ass story like and then you know what happened my kidney that same summer my kidney was like you don't want to decide decision was made for decision you. made you can't sing no more <laughs> but that's when when you said the tribulations is that part of the alignment in that moment me getting sick that summer and losing all my records which at the end of the day were not me to begin with so i should have lost them um i got sat down because I didn't sit down myself to figure out my alignment. So the universe sat me the fuck down. Mm. And I sat down for a year <laughs> because I had no choice. And my body literally physically gave out on me. So you either do it yourself or the universe will do it for you. And the universe did it for me because I took a little long to decide. Mm. Don't wait to hit that wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't even wait for that. And the beauty of it is I embraced my illness as a new path, which is what brought me to where I am now. You know what I mean? Where, like, I started studying the human body and wellness and the intersection between spirituality and science and wellness because I was like, where the fuck did I go wrong? Not that I went wrong. I didn't go wrong. But that misalignment that took me completely out of what I thought my dream life was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, how does this happen to someone? You Like, I didn't kill nobody. <laughs> like, I didn't, you know, I never mistreated people. Like, why would I be taken away from that? But it's been such a learning experience because if all that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have the depth now to connect with people and humans and people trying to jump on this quest towards a higher quality life and goals and dreams, I wouldn't be able to share that. I wouldn't be able to connect and I wouldn't be able to understand, you know? And yes, the beauty of it is music is always there. I swear to God, I was just <laughs> getting ready to say, and you can still sing. And yep. not only that, but I would do it probably way better now oh, because man. I know yep. who Fran is. Yep. And man. it took me to be sat down <laughs> a couple of years but it's, you know, it came back around and it's always going to be there. And now you've lived and you I've have plenty lived, of different stories. I know what to write about. Yep. I know what my voice sounds like. You know, I, I don't, I haven't been trained in mimicking nobody. So it's like, I can do all that. You don't even have. Even though people say I sound like a melt, but I, that wasn't me trained. <laughs> That's literally my time. But even still, you don't even have the pain of like an, an album. That right. people are going to know you by and be people... like, she don't even sing like this no more. <laughs> or And it could be something that you've done even really well. And then people are upset that you want to do something different, which could be even better. I would say so that rock bottom that. literally became a new foundation to build on. So don't always take 
a, a redirection as a bad thing. That's all I have to say. Amen. And so that's the importance of alignment. And just because you're good at something doesn't mean that it's the time to do it. You know mm. what I mean? Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you should do it. Mm. You have to actually feel into all of your decisions. And in that moment, I knew that it wasn't right for me. And so that's the importance <laughs> of alignment. I could sing. I had all the tools. I said, people were like, how'd you have Claude and Chuck? Because it wasn't meant to be. That's the reality of it. And there are people that have all of those things. All of it. And it don't... Never mind. I don't want to talk about nobody. And it still don't work it's out. Miley Cyrus' sister. <laughs> I, <laughs> out of all the people, how you pick on Noah? Noah like Cyrus. Not <laughs> Noah. <laughs> the ghost of you. I thought she was in, in oh that damn... <laughs> I thought she was in that damn My Chemical Romance video. And I first, first time I've seen her, I'm You're like... You're bringing up a good point, though. Think of how many celebrity siblings mm-hmm. jump in the game because they've been around it. They, they, it was their siblings calling, but it's all they've known. And then they jump in and they look crazy. Mm-hmm. For real. Because Everybody it's social be... compliance. They just want to jump into, you know, being accepted by the masses. Let's they... be clear. The only ones did it right was Janet, Solange, and Ashley Simpson. That's Ashley. it. Everybody else. I'm <laughs> sorry. Hey, for real. <laughs> Y'all know when she dyed her hair black, we was like, oh, she ain't about to I play love, no look. games. I got stains on what? my T-shirt. Yes. Okay, now here's the last the last <laughs> pillar is core beliefs, mm-hmm. which ties into why is it that so many people, whether they mastered their motivation, they mastered their self-discipline, they're in alignment, and they still just don't believe that they're worthy. They don't, and you hear that a lot. And you know what? You hear that a lot within the black community. How many interviews have you heard with people who have made it? Even Oprah when they had the podcast um, on the making of Oprah, they had a clip of her telling her producer, do you really think I can make it? <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> Oprah, who at that point had already been a star as far as like her discipline, because you can tell she put in the hours. She put in them 10,000 hours to be a well-spoken, well-read, well-studied news anchor. You know what I mean? 525,600 minutes. <laughs> she did so she had the voice, she had the style, she had the knowledge. Alignment was there. Clearly, this was what she was supposed to be doing. But she still had the core belief that she wasn't good enough. Here's another part where I had to bring up Haas because I remember she made a list once when we were on tour. She was like, these are the core beliefs that I always notice pop up because she does one-on-ones with people to help them tap into these core beliefs and start healing them. So the ones that she said always come up are, I'm not enough. I am unworthy, I am unlovable or unloved, I am a victim, I am bad, and I am separate. Mm. Separate meaning the world is against you or it's always like a me versus them mentality in everything they do. So those are the core beliefs that tend to pop up a lot within our communities. And honestly, it's a global problem. It's just everyone. It's, it's a human condition. I was thinking about these core beliefs Because even when Chuck was saying it, like he had gotten all this stuff and then he felt like, I don't really deserve all this. How could he say that? Look how talented he is. What are you not deserving of, brother? (laughs) Like, oh, you know, you want to shake him. But you hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be the most powerful, talented, amazing people saying these things. Remember, we had the imposter syndrome episode. Shout Mm -hmm. out to Cheska Lee Lee, who joined Mm -hmm. us. 
See how brilliant Cheskali is. Yes. Amazing, talented, so smart, so sharp, so witty. Talking on an episode, which you guys should tune in if you haven't, <laughs> about how she goes into auditions sometimes and she feels shook because she's like, am I, am I enough? Am mm. I good enough? And it's always this thing beating her in the back of the head, no matter how prepared she is to make her feel that she's not going to get it. Whatever it is, she just always goes into things she's not going to get it. And it's like a very self-defeating, kind of self-deprecating way about us. So do you guys, and this obviously speaking with transparency, have core beliefs that tend to work against you when you're stepping up to the plate within your craft? Whether it's auditions, new projects, new relationships, new connections. Are there core beliefs that kind of fuck with you? Yes. What are those for you? Am I am I a person who is easy to be received? You know, can people really handle? Okay, and I say that because I've learned the importance of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to be yourself because, like, we just got finished discussing, things have to be in alignment. So that being said, I've been, um, and like I said, considering my background and all of those things, I have decided that it's best to just be myself. And so that then creates a whole new concern because now you have to wonder how you're going to be received. You know what I mean? And how do I package that, you know, to be appropriate in certain settings, you know? And so when you're speaking specifically about like the audition process and going into a space like that where you have to be, um, I guess, measured or, or, you know, assessed, Mm -hmm. you do absolutely have a moment where you're like, damn, okay, I got here because somebody thought that, you know, it was cool the way that I've been doing what it is that I do. Right. But is that going to be like what I need to do in order for these motherfuckers to tell me that? Yeah. You know, we want you to have this opportunity. So you immediately feel that. And then you consider like, okay, I've prepared, I've studied, I've rehearsed or whatever it is that you had to do to get yourself ready for that moment. And so now you're in that moment where you don't know whether to rely on that, like a technical skill or ability or something that you prepared or, you know, adapt it to your personality and let that take over. So I absolutely have that moment. Right. I absolutely have that. um, I don't even know how to, you know, say it. I don't even know what to designate it as I'm blank, but I have that. Right. Well, it's just like a negative self-talk. Yeah. That, I have it. Yeah. And so would you say that's more of like a you're not enough or you almost feel like what you bring to the table won't be enough? Yep. And is it even okay for me to be presenting myself like that anyway? Because most things um, go against what I was raised to feel was okay for me to even be able to do. Right. So I already feel like I'm jumping out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're and working then through I'm out conditioning. There. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. And so, but and, and then this ties into my wellness segment. So you're working through all of that, mm-hmm. but you're also still in that space. So you have to make the most and the best of the opportunity, right? And the fact that you're there. So it's just a lot to think about, and that's why you have to have work-life balance. <laughs> Enjoy your Friday and Saturday nights. You know what I mean? Okay. Get right. that backbone or the front bone, okay, but to get now. that backbone. You know? <laughs> Do you have any negative self-talk or core beliefs that? <laughs> <laughs> trombone that pop up when you're trying to you know be out here getting it um i don't i don't think so like i'm trying to think you like you see how i am when we're backstage for shows mm-hmm. like i try to not talk to myself badly 
like a lot of the time. And I think that that can work against me sometimes, but because I feel like once I start to give in, I think the, the what I used to deal with is because I was so misunderstood was not necessarily a feeling, a feelings of opposition. Because people, when they can't understand you or they don't know what you want or what you're trying to get across, it becomes very easily frustrating because we're all grown and by this age I should be able to say what I'm supposed to say in most of the situations. But for me, I'm just super relaxed, so I'm always like, well, we are talking and we have time, so whenever I get my point across, we'll be fine. But other people are like, I don't have time for that, what you're trying to say. So it was always like this, like, you have to, you better hurry your ass up when you're out there talking so your ass can say what you need to say and get the hell off the stage or like shit like that. And it's like the minute I start to say anything like a little crazier sideways to myself, like it's like a domino effect and I'm going down the hole. But more recently than not, and I think it's a lot of this tied back around for me when I was on uh, Instagram or Facebook and the T.D. Jakes clip popped up <laughs> of him talking about how... um how everybody can see him and he can't see himself. Like, do you remember that? Or mm-hmm. did you see that? Yeah. And something with that resonated with me because it was like, all, like every time I talk to people, they say things to me and see things in me that I never see in myself. And um, I don't remember who it was, but they say they just try to match. Like when people tell them that they like, you know, you're amazing. They try to just match, um, you know, how amazing people think that they are not necessarily exceed that expectation. They just want to be seen, you know, how they want you to see them, but not necessarily to, do anything outwardly to change the fact that they already are amazing, but just to kind of see the parts that you see of them as amazing and just know that about themselves. And so I've been trying to do that for myself. Like when people are like, oh, Asante, you're X. I try to like see that on myself now and be like, okay, cool. As opposed to being like, no, I'm not like, you know, you're just being nice or, (laughs) you know, you just. Being able to receive. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Dustin. See? (laughs) I was. So actually, okay, so <laughs> let those be so we can move on to the wellness segment. Yes, we can. The pillars of success. So that's motivation. Motivation. Knowing that they're based on feelings. So how can you jump on track when the feelings are good, but then switch into the self-discipline as the backup when the feelings are bad? Mm-hmm. Because when it's cold outside, when you're dealing with sadness, depression, or whatever feelings of coming to the guest house. Being horny, that's another one that'll throw you off. Oh, man. You can't focus on nothing. Oh, my God. Well, okay. If I don't get, I'm telling you. But you need to, so in a way, I I wouldn't know. We guys, you know, every morning. I'm telling you, like we we have Shut a problem. Shut the door, baby. Right, don't, don't say, say a word. word. Oh my god! She always writes the wrong. <laughs> so they all go hand in hand. I don't think you can have one without the other. Oh my god! Why did I say that? That was just not <laughs> the right. And sentence. it's four of them, so this is really some freaky shit. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> So okay. have the motivation to get you started, right. have the de- the self-discipline to keep you going, and then have the alignment to make sure that you feel good about where you're going. And then the last part is the self-beliefs and the core beliefs, the, the self-talk, because you can get to the top of the mountain, <laughs> but if you feel like you're not worthy of being there, guess what? That whole walk up there, is you enough. won't even enjoy it. You Come won't on. even... And I remember someone once said to me, the saddest thing is to to achieve your dream and not even be able to see it because you're so bombarded with everything else that you've been through in life. That would be terrible. 
So let's not be that person. That's what we're having these conversations for. Today's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you by Color of Change, the nation's largest online racial justice organization. Color of Change successfully designs campaigns powerful enough to end practices that unfairly hold black people back and now champion solutions that moves us all forward. Their new Race in the Writer's Room report revealed many of the injustices that surround the narratives that continue to whitewash the stories that shape America. The report also found that when black people were given a true platform, the stories that were developed were more nuanced and did not invoke racial stereotypes for which some writers reported feeling proud. With the emergence of dynamic movies like Black Panther, Get Out, and A Wrinkle in Time, it's clear that when we tell black stories, that's hashtag tell black stories, we amplify our truth and positively influence the media narrative. Visit colorofchange.com to join us as we fight for a better world for black people until justice is real. We love to travel, but booking the right hotel or vacation rental can be stressful. Finding the right place to stay that makes everyone happy and for the right price can feel like a full-time job. Don't visit a ton of different sites. Just go to Tripping.com. With Tripping.com, one search lets you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. Vacation rentals offer more. More privacy, more space for everyone under one roof, and more choices. Fully stocked kitchens, damn, really? Extra bedrooms and even hot tubs, all the comforts of home and then some. Best of all, at Tripping.com, you can join the millions of travelers who find more savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. So if you're planning spring break on the beach in Florida, Tripping.com. Dreaming of sitting on the deck of a smoky mountain cabin, Tripping.com. Can't wait to swim in Lake Tahoe this summer? Tripping.com. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with Tripping.com forward slash friend zone. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash friend zone. Find your perfect vacation rental today. Tripping.com slash friend zone. So let's jump into this week's wellness segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't doing it. <laughs> well, 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 well. You like, I ain't, I ain't gonna okay. do it. I ain't doing it. <laughs> so for the core beliefs, because it's one thing to to notice them. For mine, I think the core belief or the self talk, negative self talk, I should say, that pops up is the un, I'm unworthy and I'm not enough one. That oh, one please. always always pops up. It does not matter how hard I work. It doesn't matter how much I've studied. It doesn't matter. It always pops up. I should rephrase that. I've worked on it a lot, so it doesn't pop up as much. But it's there. It's it's sneaky, and it's always there. But I also, because I've done the work, I know where it's coming from. So when it pops up, I'm not attached to it. I'm able to observe it and just kind of separate myself and be like, I see you. I know what you're here to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what, that's all it's that's about. That's all right you there. can do. Yep. I can't control when it pops up because it's sort of in my psyche. It's something I'm still working through, but I can control how I react to it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where I've decided to take my power back. And that's the importance of these core beliefs. They may still pop up. They may get triggered in you based on people that come in and out of your life. But once you take your power back, where you're like, I 
am act I can react to you coming, but you're not gonna like have me change my path right. or like come out of alignment, I should right. say. So this is a trick that has helped because it's one thing to say, know your core beliefs, but it's like, okay, now I know them. What next? Okay. Take out your journal. <laughs> so those of you listening, take out your journal is very, very important. You're going to write down all those things you think of yourself. And but the beauty of a journal is that it's just you in the journal. You know, and you have to say it out loud. Obviously, for us on the show, we're playing a little bit timid because <laughs> we can't put that all out there. Right. But sit with yourself and say, what are the negative core beliefs that you think about yourself? Is it that you're unlovable? That you're a victim? That you're bad? That you're separate? That's the world against you? That you're unworthy? You're not good enough? When I sat, so this is what you do. You sit with those core beliefs now that you've listed them. And then you start dissecting one by one. Where the hell did this come from? And you know where you'll find out? That it has nothing to do with you. And it's the most freeing, freeing process ever. Because a lot of the thing about sadness is that a lot of us haven't taken the time to realize that a lot of our sadness is not ours. Mm. We've just taken it on based on what our family put on us when we were little. Then you go to school, you take on what the teacher or whatever bullshit she's been through in her life puts on you in school. Then you go into the workforce, your boss, whatever she's been through in her life, <laughs> her childhood, guess what? You taking on her perception of you. Then you start dating whatever your partner's been through, how he views you because of what he's been through or she's been through. Now you're taking on their perception of you. So suddenly you have a collection. <laughs> preach, friend. You have a collection preach. of perceptions. That ain't got a damn that thing to do with you. They're not even yours. You're literally sitting in a closet of outfits of all these mommy and daddy issues because everything stems back to that. I was watching this series on Netflix called Girls Incarcerated. Have mm. you guys seen it? Mm-mm. No, but I love a good jail show. Oh. <laughs> but this one's really sad because these are minors in oh. juvie. So they get these girls motivated. They get them disciplined. They have this honor system where, like, if you do good things and you speak well, like, well as in kind and treat mm-hmm. each other well, you get to wear, like, specific colors. And then the colors give you perks. You can get food from the outside. You know, like, they're trying to motivate them to treat themselves and and the women around them with, like, a healthier ecosystem. Hmm, that's cool. But here's the thing. A lot of them do it while they're in there because the ecosystem is is allowing them to to find fruit in these actions. But then when they go back home... Same old, same <laughs> Everybody old. like, bitch, and? You know right? what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody give a fuck about your burgundy hoodie, you baby. know? They get back to boxing with their demons. <laughs> And then what happens? They go back to that mama that doesn't think they're shit. So even though they were poured into in this juvie, if your mom doesn't think you're shit, do you think you're really going to be able to sustain yourself thinking you are? Right. But guess what? That's your mama's problem. Right. (laughs) That's your mama's perception of you. And when with the whole I'm not enough, what I was able to do, and I've mentioned it and been transparent about it before on the show, is that I came into the world with a dad who had a double life. So he had his white wife, uh, their house, two children, a dog. I mean, literally the picture-perfect American life. is wow. a white woman from Kentucky. Her name was Pamela. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then he had me and my mom in the projects back in New York. 
So that's he that was his perception of us. We were kind of like his like old life that he was like trying to run from. Um, but then he still like loved us in his own weird twisted way, so he wouldn't necessarily let us go. <laughs> so that was like his Puerto Rican sort of street rat life. And then he had this other life where he was like the the uh, proximity to whiteness, good Latino man that figured out, you know what I mean? The figured out the American dream. And he had this like picture perfect life. We didn't even know. We thought he was away on, on naval duty because he was in the Navy. You know what I mean? So it was really fucked up to find out that, oh, this is like where he's really been. And he would come see us like when he had time. <laughs> so imagine that being my introduction to this is my dad like this is his perception of me that i wasn't worthy of his time of his loyalty of his love you know of his presence even just his presence i was sort of like the throwaway kid so i grew in i came into the world with that perception then unfortunately when my mom got into the next relationship that guy abused me for years so that was my second introduction you know what i mean Mm, so back to back imagine if i had kept these stories on if i had been like oh shoot like i'm meant to be thrown away i'm meant to be you know like if i had kept all those stories and we had the episode about that too letting go of the story would i be here right now speaking with this sort of calm about it and this separation i wouldn't i would still be sitting in it i'd be hating my dad i'd be hating that guy I would be hating the world thinking that it was all against me. But honestly, it all has tied in. Like, everything Mm -hmm. has tied in. And I'm so... I'm not saying I'm thankful for the stories, but I'm thankful for where I am now. So guess what? In a weird way, I'm thankful for those stories. As uncomfortable as that is to say. So I think what I'm trying to get to that I think is very healing is to sift through those core beliefs and the, that negative self-talk and start ba- like tracking back to where was it that I first felt this way? Who was it in my life that made me feel that I wasn't worthy? Who was it? Because I didn't internal I did internalize that for a long time, which is why I dated dudes that treated me horrible. <laughs> or even it it transcends even in business. You take deals where people are treating you like shit. Mm -hmm. You take deals where people aren't paying you what you're worth. Why? Because you feel this unworthiness. You feel this throwaway feeling. If I connected all those things, I'd be fucked right now. You know what I mean? So you have to break out of those core beliefs that are going to hold you back and transcend every area of your life. Now... I'm so thankful. I know my worth. I, you know, work so hard. (laughs) Rise up! It's true, though. Like... There's so many people, how many times have you heard someone be like, you don't know what I've been through? <laughs> and then you want to laugh in their face. And you want to be like, listen, if we go toe-to-toe, <laughs> right. like, there's got to get to a point where like you can't hold on to that no more. You just mm. can't. And and you have to sit and decide, are you going to sit in those stories and kind of like fester with them? Or are you going to leave them where they were and start a new life? that has more to do with what you think of yourself and your perception of self as opposed to what people around you have decided you are, which at the end of the day, like my dad and everyone has proved, has nothing to do with you. Do you know why my dad had a white girl and had us in the projects like that? Because he was mimicking behavior from my grandfather who married 
a, a white Puerto Rican hoping that it would clear clean our DNA, you know, and lighten wow. up our family. So my dad was just trying to follow the mold. You know what I mean? You start backtracking and then going from the root to the problem. Listen, once you start going to the root of the problem, you'll realize it has nothing to do with you. It never has anything to do with you. You were just, unfortunately, an innocent bystander. You know what I mean? But then you're taking this story on for the rest of your life, letting it fuck up how you love, letting it fuck up how you have business. Like, you know what I mean? Because they're unresolved issues. You can't do that. So I want you to... (laughs) Shorten these stories. I want you to sit with these core beliefs and start tackling them. Trace them back. Who was the first person that made me feel this way? Why did they make me feel this way? What was the story that made them feel that way? And then you'll realize it had nothing to do with you. Start taking off the sadness that doesn't belong to you. And then attack. (laughs) <laughs> and then tell yourself, yo, I'm actually fucking amazing. Because <laughs> yep. you are. Like, you are. The sad thing is everyone is. Even my dad. I feel bad for him. I feel bad that he took on a life that wasn't even for him either. He was just confused following his father's footsteps. Mm. His father's following colorism. You know, so many issues. Generational curses. Epigenetics. We've talked about this in the epigenetics episode. So, it's time to break some curses. And that's just an exercise of your journal that I want you guys to do. And that's it for this week's Hot Button and Wellness segment. Hopefully you guys found some value in all that information. I love you, friend. I love you, I too. I love you, too, and I will beat ass. <laughs> so let's move forward. All day. <laughs> ten toes, ten fingers. Quoted by, as by, quoted by Toya. Humans are just kind of human. <sighs> Asante, what you got for us this week in the music segment? Oh my gosh, it is that time of the show. Huh? <laughs> it's the music man. I'm bringing you back things uh, all that I can and whatnot, things of that nature. <laughs> um, it's been a while since we were able to talk music, and I've I just know. been forgetting to talk about some things. It's been two weeks. <laughs> literally one. <laughs> well, you know, so much has actually happened. So much has actually happened in the music world. You know, sometimes people ain't dropping nothing. I'll just be like, listen to the old stuff, which is fine, too, I guess. Uh, fine, too. Five, two. We'll double back to that. Lloyd. Um, I didn't get to talk about the Black Panther soundtrack since uh, the movie came out. I wanted to go on ahead and quickly shout that out. The soundtrack is super awesome. I wanted to... First, start off by talking about, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar did the Black Panther soundtrack, and he has all the tracks on there. Um, the single from the soundtrack was the song with SZA, All the Stars. Initially, when I said I didn't really care for the song, I didn't really care for the song. But after seeing the movie and hearing it in the credits and seeing that. where it fit, yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, this makes sense where it goes. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, it's a cool song, and I like it. But hearing all the rest of the songs on the project... It's awesome. It like, is. and the song is actually perfectly placed on the project too, Yay. which makes all the difference. So I wanted shout to, out to TDE. Shout out to TDE because everybody on the project really showed their ass. SZA like, sang the shit out that song. SZA sang the shit out that song, and also there's a track with Vince Staples called "Oops," <laughs> and um, I, I don't, love him. I don't know who the other rapper is. It's a woman, um, but I believe the name is Win Blackrock. It's spelled uh, Y U G E N Blackrock. So I'm just gonna assume it's Win. Or is it you can? I don't know. Young, like Jeezy. <laughs> young Black Rock. Okay, so Young Black Rock. She was rapping her ass off on that track with uh, Vince Staples. 
super, super dope. But uh, a lot of people were tweeting me, were like, you didn't talk about the Black Panther soundtrack. Damn. And here I am talking about the Black Panther soundtrack. <laughs> well, no, it actually is a good fucking Justin. album. And I've been playing it all this damn time. And I've been hearing it every damn where. So now I have to talk about it, too. Right. I was like, damn, I didn't believe I had to actually talk about it. Because most people now, they just actually tweet me. And they're like, saw what you were listening to on your Apple Music. So now I've got the plug. And it's like, oh, now I don't got to say nothing to nobody no more. But that didn't work. So here I am <laughs> shouting it out. Uh, outside of the Black Panther soundtrack, I also wanted to quickly talk about Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. He just dropped the Memories Don't Die project. Um, have, Is it good? I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I And not that I'm not a Tory Lanez fan, but I haven't had like a Tory Lanez project that I've been a fan of. There are a lot of singles that I like. But this project I, I love, and he did good with his papoose looking ass. <laughs> what? Tory Lanez look like papoose. They look like they could be related, don't they? Oh, don't they look like they could be like if you put them side by side? <laughs> <laughs> Tory Lanez and papoose and Remy, to be honest, with you. you can sit her up there too. They all look like a family, like them three. They done been like, together so long. They look alike now. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's like nothing. <laughs> you know, when a couple been together, they say they start to look like each other. <laughs> Long enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, lord! How do we get here? I don't know. But with that said, uh, I also wanted to um, just quickly shout out some tweets. Some some of the things that I did on the Twitter streets today. I randomly tweeted, and this is why I said uh, "find two five two Lloyd." I tweeted and I asked the internet, "What are some lyrics you get wrong or commonly wrong?" And I said, "Think Lloyd, find two five two and. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I really needed to shout these out because the thread made my day. So somebody said that their mom, shout out Embria, I-M-B-R-I-A underscore on Twitter. She said, my mom thought the dream was singing in a poinsettia. Um, for, in, a, <laughs> in, in, in falsetto. <laughs> Look, when I tell you some of these really took me, I was very surprised. <laughs> In a poinsettia. In a poinsettia. That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Shout out to Justin X, uh, JX Kristoff on on Twitter, too. (laughs) 702, where my girl's at. Where my girl's at. They said, trying to take my man. Is the line after, can you believe that? Or can you repeat that? Can you believe that? Trying to take my man. Can you repeat that? Oh shoot! I, I know. Don't... Hold on. To back, and you feeling that? Hands up, and you repeat that. Repeat that. It's repeat that. You put one hand up twice, like where my girls at. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, can you believe that? I never heard or thought can about you that. that. But can you? I, I, we said that. I was like, imagine at that point, like, can you believe that? Like, it threw me off and fucked me up. But that was a good one. And also, A H Sherelle, A Y E I T S S H E R R E L L E. I'm going way back, but when I was younger, we thought Manny Fresh on Back That Ass Up said Shitty Draws Handed. But it said <laughs> See the Draw. Uh, landed, Shitty Draws Handed. <laughs> oh! These are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these uh, landed, Shitty Draws Handed. Go get a y'all. Gangs for the y'all. Shitty Draws Handed. <laughs> yeah. these, I was not planning I on got doing a good this. One. Okay, tell me. Real quick. <laughs> no, please. Because I'll never forget please. this. My friend's sister used to think, you know, at the end of Signs, but I probably talked about this on the oh, show I got, before. I got a few Beyonce ones. At the end of Signs on Beyonce, you know how on her first album, you know how she plays that part where it sounded like she's talking backwards at the end? Uh-huh. At the end of Signs, <laughs> my friend said she used to be like, well, my friend's sister. 
Her princess said she used to be like, I fucked Jay-Z, man. I don't know going what? back. I don't know was going back. <laughs> you know, everybody's about to play the damn track. That's where the guy. We used to be like, we used to be like, what? So that was funny. Yeah. But why in that voice? <laughs> I know. Fuck Jay-Z, man. This is going backwards. <laughs> Because it was going backwards and got hot bitch like that. <laughs> okay. I, I just have a few more. Just because I can't wait to text her and tell her. We <laughs> talked about that on this show. When I was younger, uh, this is at J Secure, J underscore secure. When I was younger, I thought MJ's want to be starting something was saying that I'm a. St- oh no, I'm a nasty boy. <laughs> no, no, no. I got. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the side of Michael's house. On a what? Wait, what? I'm going to stay on the side of Michael's house. Oh, mama say mama say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay on the side of Michael's house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay on the side of Michael's house. I'm going to stay on the side of Michael's house. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jay also said, how about everyone thinking J-Lo was singing Are You Ready and I'm Real versus spelling R-U-L-E for general. I never thought it was I Are never, You Ready. I never thought she said R-U-L-E. R-U-L-E. Right. <laughs> And then, and then the rule rap, and then the game that shows me and all that. But people thought that. Okay. Well, I, who? <laughs> you okay. have to give up some Twitter names. Okay, so here. So, so because you said Beyonce, there were a few of them. I don't I have them together. Of, I can't think of any. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Introvert Jen with two N's. Uh, Kenya people, baby boy, make me lose my breath. Kenya people? <laughs> <laughs> Kenya people. Kenya. Kenya people. She put Kenya people. And when I read it the first time, I said Kenya people. Like Kenyans. Kenya people. Yeah. Kenya people. Like, why would they be just Kenya people? Just randomly shout out Kenya. Those really made that my day. That was funny. That was funny. Those really, really made my day. They're... I mess up songs all the time, but I can't think of them right now. Josh Hotness said, I used to think Brandy was singing Sitting Up in My Room, Backed Up Thinking About You. Like, girl, <laughs> TMI. Yo, don't play. That was my jam. And then I said it all. Said, I'm Backed con- Up Thinking About You. I'm convinced Mariah is saying, who's throwing corn on you, baby? <laughs> who's in love with your ass like crazy? What? <laughs> Who's the corner, you baby? Who's in love with your ass like crazy? Who's doing I wish Mariah Carey would throw some corn. OG East LDN said, I thought Lil' Kim said, wearing high heel shoes, getting love from the Jews, or baddest chicks from the Moulin Rouge. Okay, I'm 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 done, I think. Yes. There were just you. so many of them, and they really made my day. That was just a, a Twitter moment. I couldn't believe it happened to me. Hilarious. Um, and that was really it for the Music Man segment. I know that, uh, oh, the playlist is coming. I have it almost complete. I'm actually waiting to coordinate my release with uh, an artist. Yes, release. <laughs> yes, you know, an artist it has a release that I have been waiting for. And once I have it, you have probably heard it already. I will not say her name. Tweet her and harass her if you can guess who I'm talking about. Not India Sean. It is India Sean. But um, once I have that, the playlist will be released. And Aww. I'm also putting together a list of Ratchet songs that I will be playing the entire weekend of my birthday. Um, songs from any time. They're all just Ratchet-ass, get-up-and-go songs. Cute. And I'll just publish the playlist and share with the internet. That's it here over the Music Man. 
uh, now to take it over to TV land. Oh, well, before, do y'all want to do listens lately? What you know you what? No ID released a track with Sade. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For the for Wrinkle, wrinkle in time. time. Yeah. Yes. It's called Flower. What is it? Flower of Paradise? Uh, yes. Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Yep. Yo. Like, first of all, my heart kind of felt she like... She came back. To hear her because she's such a, like, mystical... <laughs> and and nothing's changed. And nothing's changed. Nothing's she changed. sounds so beautiful. So that was like... I mean, I don't even know what else... What other Made song. me want to pull my hair in a ponytail and I'm bald. I was finna <laughs> slick my beard back in a ponytail to the back just because Sade was back looking beautiful. Oh, uh, if you haven't heard it, you can go to the Cocaine 80s Twitter. Because mm-hmm. um, yes. it's like his most recent tweet. And he posted the... Was it the audio... Camp or uh, audio? What's the website? I think it's the audio you, camp. You put something together. I or think maybe I'm putting band camp and audio audio ca- audio, 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 audio Mac audio Mac. Yeah, see, I was like, you put. I something put it together. with band camp. <laughs> I then morphed the website, but yeah, you can check it out, and it's really beautiful. Um, beautiful. Who else? I guess that's it. Oh, Alex Isley dropped the Beauty yeah. of Everything EP, and it is. Alex Izzy, the beauty of everything. Um, she has this track on there called On to You that I have had yes. on repeat all week. It is so yeah, remember she dropped that I think back in November. Such a great EP. It's a part one apparently, it. so I'm ready for part two, Alex. I don't know when that's dropping, but this was a pleasant surprise. Yes. And then my last one is Little Dragon. Yeah. They yes. dropped a, a track called Best Friends. And oh, I gotta listen to that. It's so cute. It's great. I mean, they're just <laughs> They can do no wrong in my eyes. So that was a pleasant surprise. Little Dragon, Sade, and Alex Izzy. Those are like my favorite artists. So that's yes. it for me. What about you? What you been I listening to? I love Walking Trophy by Hood Celebrity. That's my song. Um, it. It's, it's a, not- a, a very good summertime in New York, like island-tinged beat. Um, it's amazing that and um, hurting me by Stefan Don. Those songs, I really just right now I'm on that vibe. I don't know why. I thought you were gonna say hurt to look. Um, no. The Ray Shremer. No, Sway Lee. I, well, I like the fact that he's releasing his own music. I like the cover. I really was expecting something different, but it's not a bad song. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just you know. It's cool. I like Sway Lee, and I really yeah. expect him to have a solo album full. I told you he's going to have that whole five number one Hot 100s on one album moment. They're going to make him that kind of star. Oh. Um, so, I, yeah, but I did. I love the styling on the cover with the fur coat and, like, yes. the greenery behind him. And the, the the filter on the – it was just – I like all that. I think it was Mark – I think Mark that said he was loving uh, Sway Lee's Chloe and Hallie moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was so dead. Um, I love that song. Um, there's a song by a guy named Barakai. I guess that's how you say it, but it's called Tell Me. I don't know. It's some shit I seen on Music Choice. It was good, though. Um, and then I like Sit Down by Ken Jones. And also, shout out to Little Kim. Little Kim's new song is the jam, y'all. Oh, I ain't What's it heard it. It's little. It's called Spicy. It's Little Kim and Fabulous, and she is back on her Kimberly <gasps> Jones Blanco. bullshit. Rapping good. The beat is amazing. Fabulous's verse is amazing. Oh, I gotta like, hear it. And sh- I saw a picture of her. Now I don't want to get too excited because y'all know Little Kim. You know the other shoe will drop on your ass. Oh my but, gosh! But I'm telling you, as of right now, like I am happy. 
I'm totally satisfied with Kimberly Jones. She back. I'm excited. I'm like looking for it. Right, I am too. Like, <laughs> Where y'all doing that? Oh, and then shout out to um La Britney, who is a new artist that I have really grown to love. She released a new song with Cash Doll, my girl Cash Doll. Cash yeah, it's really, really good. It's called Active Funny. So Hell. Oh my God. I hate to say Check it. Check those out. Hey, spicy. Listen to this, y'all. She back. I just want to see the with the beat. Is it like a New York track? Oh, cute. Kim back. She back. <laughs> she back. I'm telling you, put I'm your excited. razor blades under your tongue. Lil' Kim is back, y'all. I got it. I'm she should have waited till the summer. I know. But right. I, it might carry us. That's true. It might carry us if That's she true. do it right. It That's legs. what I'm saying. I'm just, I don't want to get, yes, get my hopes Kim. up too high. <laughs> but yes. Oh, last person I want to shout out is Cautious Clay. Oh, okay. Um, he has an EP he dropped called Blood Type. And it's been out for a couple of weeks, but it's only six songs, 18 minutes. So Cautious Clay. Cautious Clay. What a cool name. R&B, mm-hmm. so yeah. And shout out to Armando, who randomly texted me off the blue and was like, yo, you heard of this? And I was like, yeah. I heard He's of got it. a good ear, though. Yeah, he, he does. does. I, yeah. He, he does. He my, you know, I have people he that I trust. He put me on to Brent Fiaz. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He knew. Sonder. He did know. He put so me yes. on to Aretha Franklin. Armando <laughs> <laughs> was like, I'm telling you, you gotta fucking listen to Aretha Franklin. <laughs> okay, so on to TV land. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. So, hello. Yeah. Welcome to TV Land. <laughs> um, really quickly, you know, we're going to make this quick because I got to tie this on up. Um, I know my job not and I'm here to do it. No, not because of friend. You for y'all start. Blamed. And don't let me see y'all blaming it because I'm cussing your asses out. You heard the conversation we Why just had. Why was Dustin's thing so short, <laughs> That's friend? Because he didn't want to talk about them. <laughs> right. Because we got to do what we got to do. First thing I want to say, Married to Medicine season finale came on. You guys know I love Married to Medicine. This is a show that's been near and dear to me for five seasons. This season was quite different from the others because the focus was on each couple's drama within their own marriage and then how that affected the group as a whole. Quad's marriage has worn her out. Mm. She's been thrust into situations on the show where she has to deal with the other cast members, and that, on top of the stress of dealing with her marriage and the state it's in, is proven to be too much, and she's either withdrawing in the in the withdrawing from the conflict or focusing on all the wrong stuff. I don't feel like anything she's done thus far should really be, you know, held against her. She's obviously in turmoil. When she was on the girls trip or on the couples trip, they shouldn't have went because they weren't even in a place where they can sit down and have a conversation with each other. Mm. Quad's marriage and the fallout has completely worn her out and it makes me uh have an even more um, amplified dislike for Mariah because before Quai was having these these before Quai was upfront about these issues going on in her marriage, Mariah kind of told the line. You know, she didn't really want to go there in a confrontation with Quad and bring up things that she knew would cause him to have an argument or be messy like her natural self and her natural inclination is to be. She kind of policed herself. Now that she's noticed that Quad is kind of going off the rails a little bit, when they're in group settings, Mariah, if you notice, she'll speak up more when Quad is talking to somebody else and they don't even have nothing to do with Mariah. She'll be like, well, what about when X, Y, Z? And she's doing things and taking little darts to trigger Quad in mm. these arguments. And I hate a punk 
person like that. <laughs> I hate that kind of shit. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because Kawhi's getting a lot of hate right now. And I get why she's irritating a lot of people. But I think people are forgetting that she's not even in her right head space right now. Mm-hmm. And it's clear if you watch the show. I'm really looking forward to the reunion. Every time I see a scene with Dr. Jackie, I get mad because she took Curtis back. And I feel like she can do better than that. Ain't no way in hell he can cheat on her. They work it out on TV, and then he feels comfortable enough to say on the reunion when Simone turns around and addresses the guys and says, these bitches are seeing y'all on TV. They looking at y'all to see what you're doing and try to find a way in. And he says, you don't think we know that? And you're she, the one who got busted cheating. So, I wish you would have said, looked and said, I don't think you know that. I would have just started throwing up. chair shoes, <laughs> earrings, shoulder pads, <laughs> chicken cutlet, breast cutlet. thing, like whatever I had to do. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I'm looking forward to the reunion. It's coming up soon. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta last week. Are all week, their marriages falling apart? Um, Curtis cheated on Jackie. Quiet and Gregory are falling apart. Mariah, nobody cares about. Simone and Cecil are getting a divorce. Toya and Eugene just pay their taxes off. Um, Contessa and Scott are good. So, no. Contessa and Scott are not falling apart. Toya and Eugene ain't falling apart either. Quiet and Simone. Dr. Jackie and Curtis have been fell apart, and it just is what it is. They staying together. I guess it's cheaper to keep them. Um, But Simone and her husband got a divorce. Which really is sad for me because some of my favorite scenes on Married to Medicine are when they're sitting as a family, Simone, her husband, and their kids. Because their kids, one has no personality, which in a weird way has become him, like his personality, the fact that he's withdrawn and kind of like quiet and nerdy is charming. Mm -hmm. The other son is a jokester, like he's always talking shit. And they have black family moments. Example, they're all sitting at a table. The waitress is flirting with the oldest son a little bit, you know, because he's going to go away to college, whatever. As she leaves, the younger son whispers to him, she bad as hell, right? (laughs) And then you see Simone leaning. Did you just say she bad as hell? (laughs) Like, it's moments like that, you know, that make the show, whatever. But that's no more because they didn't got a damn divorce. Damn. Do you think it's the reality (sighs) TV curse? No, I just think that Simone is the type of person who I think she was very career driven. You know, she went to medical school. Um, she married Cecil. They were college sweethearts. Um, there were there was an imbalance in their marriage period, and they kind of ignored it and kept going. But I just think Simone and Cecil both kind of just lost interest. Yeah. And I don't even think they're gonna be mad at each other. I think they just simply just it just wasn't working anymore. Yeah. And sometimes when you've done something like taking on you know, going to medical school, something that requires you to follow a pattern or a path, you get to a point where you need some new energy, something exciting and random and, you know, original coming into your life. Right. That's just where I think they are. So I hate to see it, but I think they okay. Yeah. 21 years of marriage. Right. Alignment. Alignment. Misalignment, baby. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, then Real Housewives of Atlanta, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but I'm very happy with Eva... um, Marcel and her contribution to the show and to the cast. I love the way that she handled um, Shamia mm-hmm. and she addressed Shamia asking her if she had dated Missy Elliott in front of the group. And Eva was like, Come again? No, I have not. She, oh, I read that in the blogs. And then the next morning, Eva went to the breakfast table and handled it. And she taught a master class in addressing something amongst a group of people. Mm-hmm. So everybody watched the show to see what I'm talking about. Marlo Hampton, you know, you can say what you want about Portia and Marlo bullying, quote-unquote, Portia or whatever. I don't give a damn. 
I think that Portia deserves it. I think that um, for poor, real quick, just so that people don't think I'm being mean to Portia, her and Candy were friends. <laughs> Portia, Phaedra told Portia that Candy and Ty was trying to drug her and have sex with her. She felt like her story has been, you know, I felt like I didn't know. I couldn't believe they were going to, for my friend to do something like that to me, it was just so vicious and I didn't know. So I, so that's why I said something. No, you lying. Because if you really were that moved by it, you would have understood the magnitude of that and hollered at her off camera. But you waited till y'all went on camera because you felt like it was something to use to get her in an argument and embarrass her on TV and make her look like a sneaky lesbian on the law who's going, who's got some crazy sex dungeon. She's so dumb, she didn't even realize <laughs> that, you know, that's low-key accusing her of rape or whatever. She's so dumb and caught up in the, oh, I'm going to get you with this, bitch. That's right. where she was at with it. And she was so the gleefully. The gravity of it. Yeah. She so gleefully threw it out there. So that's why when you got somebody like Marlo Hampton, who simply is fearless, you know what I'm saying, and comes into a situation like that and literally sits next to Portia, and it was so funny because normally Portia is the, when she gets in those confrontations with those girls, she cusses their asses out, gets in their face, she's aggressive and everything. But she was very much a 5 out of 10 when she was dealing with Marlo because Marlo Hampton, baby, she was not for the bullshit. Marlo was sitting next to her and making her point loudly, and Portia tried to start with that shit. Well, you can quit yelling in my ear. You know what Marlo told her? No, I can't. Move. I'm in Barcelona. I can scream, move if you don't like it. So you know me. I was like, oh, this is finally what's finally. It's an even match. Finally, it's a tough. Now, you can look, you get Marlo up off of you, you got my respect, flat out. Because Marlo was nailing her ass to the wall, but it was good to see because she deserved that. And it was finally even opponents. Marlo won, but it was even opponents, <laughs> whatever. So <clears throat> that was interesting. Looking forward to the rest of those Barcelona episodes. Randomly, I want to bring up This Is Us. The latest episode that you watched when um, they went to Vegas for Kate's bachelorette party. Yes. yes. Um, spoiler alert. Mm, for yeah. those listening, just in is case it a they spoiler? didn't catch up. I'm trying to think if I'm going to actually spoil something. Because I'm mean, not going to talk about the daughter. <laughs> it has, right? Well, this is actually this week's episode. I'm <laughs> I mean. So, you know. <laughs> well, no, that was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Damn time. Yeah, so good. Anyway, so fuck it. We can talk. <laughs> I love the fact that we spend some time. I, I like the moments on that show where they realize that no matter what's going on, they are siblings. And right. that's how they move. So, like, when Randall and Kate had that conversation and she was like, you know, after after Dad died... It was really Randall and Kate, and we set up and we watched Sex in the City, and we did these things, and you know, and she was saying how it changed once he married Beth, and she basically missed that closeness. And even though it caused that argument with them, they all just ended up talking about it, even Kate and Beth. Right. You know, you know me. I don't have siblings, so I don't know that dynamic. But it was like, oh, that's true. I guess I never thought of that. Just that root for them. That was just. I, I love seeing that. And do you even, watch I do not. I'm, this is. <laughs> I just know it's. Real, I just know that it's really emotional, and I have been. I know. I was like, I, I watched like half of one episode. And I was like, oh, this is like Grey's. I'm gonna need like a moment on this. <laughs> it's, it has really been just. It's an amazing show, and everybody on the show, down to the damn kids, act their asses off. Mm-hmm. So I just love those moments. I love 
Um, the the brothers when they're being brothers, I love that when they're sitting at the table, they're like, you know, I'm, he's my brother, so you know, I knew I had to do such and such. I love all that. I love um, Kate's husband. Oh my God, I love that. First he's of so all, fun. and they're perfect for each other. Oh, he's so fun. Perfect. So I just yeah, this is us was just good. So I just wanted to talk about that really Cute. quick. That's all. We can wrap it up. Well, I did watch uh, a couple episodes of Seven Seconds on Netflix. <gasps> I watched it. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. I, yeah, I think you were the one telling me about I it. Really I really like a couple it. Episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You should watch it, and we can talk about. Yeah. It. Actually, I'm glad you brought up Netflix because I want those of you listening and you guys included to watch uh, The Push by mm-hmm. Darren Brown on Netflix. It's a psychological study because that's what we're going to talk about next week. Okay. It is mind-blowing. Remember we did the Facebook episode? Should I watch it at night? No. Okay. I mean, it's um, not it's not uh, dark in a visual way. It's more I of have, a psychological thriller. I don't got time for them dreams. <laughs> it's a thriller, so... It's not a movie. It's, oh. a, it's a study. It's like oh. an experiment that they did on people, but it blows your mind because you're like, yo, am I this, up. like, gullible of a person? Like, starts making you question how gullible you are. But it is good, and it ties into all of everything we've been studying for the past couple of weeks. So it's called The Push by Darren Brown on Netflix. Everyone watch it so that you can't be mad. No spoilers, and we can dissect it next week. Right, okay. Y'all are going to be like, what the fuck? It's, it's completely Brown? unethical. <laughs> it's completely unethical. Darren. Darren Brown. D-E-R-R-E-N, I think. That sounds Brown. like a black name. And he's showing Because don't that Darren Brown, Darren that sounds like a nigga for sure. <laughs> yeah. Dan Brown. Look, speaking of niggas for show, last show. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> I gotta figure out where to watch it. Hulu. I already did told Hulu you. Look, have, oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. Look, we That's can't tell. Uh, my uh, computer. Oh, uh, okay. Look, I was about to say we can't. Say it oh yeah, you so, can't. Uh, no, I'm gonna watch it in the television so they can get the ratings. <laughs> Politically correct. Look, Direct TV gets the money, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying. I'm just. You're saying. like, I'm not saying how. But yes. But it was Are good. You, yeah, it was bomb. Oh, uh, did you season watch? two it was the shit. I did. It was, it was good. It was amazing. Cat Williams did a cameo, and he. Cat was, Williams. Let me tell you something. We we can say what we want to say about Cat Williams, and rightfully so, because he has shown his ass over the past <laughs> few years. Um, you know, I mean, he even went so low as to date Hazel E. So we know he hit rock bottom. I mean, it don't get no lower than that. So, <laughs> but like to see him, you know, to see him, you know, get that that evil spirit of Hazel E. off of him, <laughs> and then go to work on a show like Atlanta and get back to what we fell in love with him for in the first place. From the moment he appeared on screen, he was funny. Even the sight, his posture, literally the everything sight of him. he didn't did. even open his mouth. Was he, he playing was, himself? No, might as well have been. Carl, <laughs> oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> but but no, and he oh, was phenomenal. Was when great. I say phenomenal, phenomenal and hilarious, and it just made me miss him. I hope tomorrow's a snow day. And we get snowed out of all our responsibilities yes, because Lord. I want to just stay home and watch a bunch of stuff. Yes. Put my order in tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to right. use my coupon by today. Right. Okay. So, I'm, that's, I have to watch that tomorrow. Yes. Anything else? That's it. That's it? Mm-hmm. 
There's other shit we could talk about, but you know, we'll get to it later. <laughs> he said later. It like, we're going to do a second okay, episode Okay, so later. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, love and hip-hop. I wasn't even going to go here. Uh-oh. So, I'm oh not. My Never mind. What? No, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing I'm dead it. I'm no, I don't want to talk so about it. I'm not. Okay. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to talk about he it. He lying. You know why? Because since he's not going to talk about it, then I'm going to talk about it until he joins in. Mm-hmm. Go so, ahead and bait him. The love and hip-hop reunion. Oh my God! Reunion. Oh, see, I really it's ain't talking about already? that. I was oh, you like, was, you, oh, was, was Miami? Miami, but I ain't talking about the <laughs> talk reunion. About- <laughs> <laughs> please. Well, please talk about Miami too, because either which one, I mean, they both have their like things. <laughs> I just he looks disgusted. <laughs> they both because have some things are being said and done that are really just driving me crazy on this show. Yes, Mm-mm. and I don't know why nobody's really addressing them. And the only person who really addressed one of the issues was Trina. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, Veronica Vega is just out of control. She is. She's completely out of control. I just don't know who that is. She don't either. She don't Tuck. either. Because she literally said, like, we are black. Is she? <laughs> okay. So it's just been, a, and that's just the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. Then, you know, I love Amara La Negra, so I'm, I'll just leave it at that. So I'm just, I don't even want to... We don't even have have to do this. No, I have a lot of respect for Trina and Trick Daddy. And, you know, I just, I wanted to have a conversation about Shay, but I'm really trying to (laughs) not say bad things about like black women, right? Yep. She's on the show too. (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what? It's so, it's so great that you said that because that's exactly who's on the show. Bucky. It's not Shay. She's being Bucky again. Oh, and she doesn't call herself that. (laughs) She has tried to fight. I could literally Chinese Nikki, Chinese Kitty, Joy. Um, who else has the she West tried? Indian to, girl. The West Indian girl. She has tried to fight everybody on this show for no reason. She literally comes and sings. So what you wanna do? Cause see, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, she's screaming and throwing something off a table. She's not. Um... Gunplay's girlfriend that you said was fighting. No, oh. that's somebody else that, that just. <laughs> she. Gunplay's probably going to email me like I got to take a candle, you know, she reset so, the vibe. Like, just. But anyway, that's all. It's a lot I could say, but, you know, I'm, 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 really it just is what it is. I'm ready to move on because I just, I started itching just thinking about the shit that's getting on my it's nerves. That it's, it's that bad. Thanks again to Talkspace for supporting this week's episode of The Friend Zone. Talkspace is the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. Get something off your chest wherever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Just chat about life. There are no extra commutes, no leaving the office, and no judgments. Remember, therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical, everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life, including fresher breath. 
Having a therapist simply provides you a, des- a designated person for you to talk to who is trained to listen and help you make positive changes. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life's challenges that we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com zone and use the code zone to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's Z-O-N-E at Talkspace.com slash zone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Well, let's move on to what you guys want to talk to us about with the asking for a friend, Asante. (laughs) Oh, God. He's already laughing. I should have talked to y'all about this segment beforehand. Uh (laughs) Because... Baby. Uh, anyway, as per usual, don't forget to email us at the loudspeakersnetwork.com. Um, with that said, we have a couple of updates to go over. Um, if it's a couple, maybe we could just make this week's letter the updates. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so the first update is would you sleep with somebody again that gave you an STD? Come on, come on with it. <laughs> So, hey, Asante and Fran and Dustin. Sheesh, y'all went a little hard, but I understand that y'all want me (laughs) to be well and healthy and not make bad decisions. I got the message loud and clear. LOL, like going back to my five-year-old self, Asante. I said that. Oh, because we was doing the exercise that episode. Okay, I was like, why would I say that? Uh, Anyway, I guess as someone who is just interested in casual sex, I know, and have clearly found out from experience that getting an STD is just a risk factor of having sex with anyone you don't know very well. Don't get me wrong. I actually was upset with the when all this went down. Only as much as I could be, it was my fault too. But prior to writing you guys, I just thought it might be a little harsh to hold a three-year grudge against someone who, like Fran mentioned, may or may not have changed. But with that being said, I probably shouldn't give D a second ch- a chance to fool me twice. So I see what you guys are saying. I honestly never asked him much about the STD other than whether he knew what he he had it, to which he denied. He seemed <laughs> to... the only question you had. <laughs> you can't even pee without without sitting still, right? Dustin, just let and me that's finish all this. you at. Okay. Just let me just let me okay. finish this. Wait, and he gonna... denied it. I don't even. Oh no. Oh, let me <sighs> because I lost it. I honestly never even asked him about the STD other than whether he knew he had it, to which he denied. He seemed sincere, but how much can you believe someone who just cheated on his wife his wife with you and gave you an STD? Right. Yes, girl. As far as my headspace goes, you're right. Maybe I should take inventory. I'm just getting out of a relationship that lasted about two years, so I haven't really met other guys in that time. Me thinking D is a nice person shouldn't excuse him from the fact that he did endanger my well-being, and because of that, alas, as you have confirmed, I shouldn't have sex with him. It really is less about him, though, and more about me just wanting to have high-quality sex without trying to have... having high-quality sex without having to try a bunch of different guys to get it right, and thus exposing myself to more potential STDs. Sigh, maybe I, I will just give him more time and do me for now, even if that means not having sex at all. Okay. And honestly, even her saying he was nice, I'm curious what your definition of that is. Because it sounds like he was like a performative nice. Right. Because a truly nice person... Would not have... Would No, they wouldn't deny if they put you in that position because they want you to go get checked out right. and get medication so that you can, you can clear it okay. out. Yeah, people yeah. can right. get so many complications 
from not catching it in time or, you know, uh, becoming worse over time. And then imagine if, because it was a casual situation, she could have been passing it on to other partners and kind of creating this ecosystem of, you know, like, it's just, that's not a nice person. And that's not even to say he's a bad person, but it just sounds like he's going through a lot. You know, for him to be in that level of denial where he's clearly in a, in a marriage that he's not entirely happy with and then lying to you about something that could affect your health you just be thankful you got away and i don't think you should revisit that you know i agree with fran a lot of people wrote in and they i guess they felt like we were std shaming and things like that but as not at all like <laughs> i well i won't put <laughs> to be like i've <laughs> I was just going to say, I think that SCDs there really has to be... a part of life, but I just don't want you to revisit a situation you don't have to revisit. Right. There really has to... Something has to be said about somebody. Like, even though it's just sex, you're sleeping with a married man, and the fact that you were stepping out on that, and then the SCD happened, it's like... And then, and he then you even it. I was just about to say, and then now you're telling us that when you asked him about that, he denied it. No. She it's said like, he denied knowing that he already... He denied that he knew he had Right. It. So... So, like, what she's saying to me, which is even more insulting, is that he was, like, on some, oh, really? Well, let me, I, I, no, I don't I have it. Know, no, I, I didn't know that. Like, you, uh, you couldn't have gotten it from me. Like, that's what I'm hearing. And to me, that's what I'm saying. Like, if this is the type of person you're dealing with, there is no reason to go back to him just for D. There is too much D in the world, and it don't matter. <laughs> like, he's just not going to be real with you. And I think that's the big thing here like on the most basic of levels because if he's denying if you're saying look you need to go get tested because i think i got something from you he's like i'm clean you must have got it from somewhere else and oh it's gosh, like what the worst. are you fucking idiot i'm talking to you you idiot like you yeah. have some shit and like this is not like a question like this is the truth like it should be an instant like respect of some sort be like oh man and like y'all deal with it not that evasive bullshit that you're gonna have to keep going through mm-hmm <sighs> For me, it's not. It's more about communication. Bingo. We should That's have a whole more... segment on STDs because, listen, stories. Trust me, ass. ain't no shaming. <laughs> stories for that ass. Ain't no shaming. If ain't this experience. Can I just say, <laughs> this is not. I'm trying to save you from more mess. This is not going to be okay for me to say, but the most honest place for me. Like that, I feel like I can be the most honest is in the clinic or like with the doctor when you're getting checked out Listen, and you can talk about all your all, stuff. All of your life flashes. I, I feel like if there's one person I should be able to be honest with, <laughs> it's the doctor. Hell yeah. So I, I should be talking about everything. Like it can, you have to. It don't though. even got to be anything wrong. I'm just telling you everything that you need to know and then some. When right. I ate, and like Dustin, when I it watched. was soap. <laughs> Dustin, it was only soap. But God damn it, when I peed. <laughs> Like Dustin, it was just a little soap in your urethra. That's all it was. He's like, nigga, it hurts. So you know, you never know. No, no shaming. Listen, we're we're adults. People been through it. I was at the gym the other day asking some questions. I'm telling you, that soap will get you every time. Look, that's real. It's that soap. Not that soap. That soap will get you in the gym shower every time you pee and think about last weekend. Every time you'd be like, oh, I my God, did I, I did not, I didn't, I didn't, did I? And he'd be like, oh, it was soap, shit. <laughs> God, see, that's why I know I need to clean up what I messed up. Oh, Jesus. Right there. <laughs> I'm telling you. That soap will fuck you up every time. Oh. If you got a hole, you in the know. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. If that, you got a hole, you're in the know. Because that right there, that burn of that soap. <laughs> 
You know what? You're telling, you're talking about there is, no, the there is no other update. <laughs> there is no other update. I thought it was a couple more. No, I, I had questions he highlighted. Cut it short. Uh, yes, I had questions highlighted, and there was another update highlighted, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> you we sure? Are, yes. Are you sure? <laughs> Tony? <laughs> Do you That's what I was saying in that shower. Am I sure? Are you sure? <laughs> oh, it's so awful. Oh, Do you, you. want to jump into the black business? Yes, I want to hop, skip, and jump right on into the black business mm-hmm. of the week. Um, now, you noticed that I lit this candle. I know. Now, Keep I actually kept it turned. My life is dope, and I do dope shit. Oh, that's oh cute. Oh, my God. Um, shout out to Moselle at Pompette Wine Shop. Uh, I had the opportunity of hosting a buy black shop with him. And one of the people participating, or one of the shops participating, rather, was the 125th Street Collection. That's the numbers 1, 2, and 5 collection on Instagram. Or and it's the one two five collection dot com. But she does it's a lifestyle brand based the out of New York. collection.com. Yes, ma'am. It is a lifestyle brand that. based in New York. They fuse fun, style, and individuality into their products. Um they had this big ass candle set up and I went and was smelling candles left and right. They were bomb as fuck. I made Moselle buy me too. And some of them have really, really cute quotes. And when I was on Instagram live, I actually showed a bunch of the candles too. So go hit hit them up. There's more than candles on the site, I believe. I think she also does um or actually no, she does 10 travel candles and larger candles, which this is the size here. They are very fragrant. They're and awesome. so cute, you guys. Really, really dope scents. And it's a, bl- a black business. It was so so cool. And I feel like I should just shout out another black business, but I'm gonna try to space some out and talk yeah, about so everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because this this candle here was a moment. When I smelled it, I knew it was for me. This is and what's the scent? This oh I didn't actually take down the scent. Oh my And I should have too because I can tell you, hold on. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> a live demonstration. <laughs> let me back up. I got a beard. I don't want okay. my shit going on. Don't fire. don't let it catch on fire now. Mm, I'll get hints of bergamot and uh, I think Stop he might be it. you know what? Mm. He, he might be right. Yeah, too. it's a little bergamot, a little <laughs> Hold on. Little woodsy tones, a little Mmm, teak. This smells really good. Some of the things that the candles say that message is like good vibes only, great things never came from comfort zones, give this world good energy, (laughs) get shit done. Yes, I need that one for my desk. Feminist as fuck. And the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) The perfect I got the perfect candle for the bathroom. My favorite one, it says, don't quit your daydream. But yes, I think you're right, because the scents are spiced bergamot. <gasps> Get I, out, Dustin. I told you he was right. Look at you and, going. And the other scent is fresh waters. And there was another one. She had, yeah, uh, spiced, spiced bergamot, a blend of energizing citrus notes with touches of dewy freshness. What was the website one more time? The one tw- the 125collection.com. And then the fresh water scent fragrance profile is freshness inspired by water, balanced with lotus flowers, Mm. wrapped with undertones of fresh, clean perfume. Yes, baby. And speaking of lotus, there's another another, uh, person I'm going to highlight later, and she has this purse that she had, and it had the lotus flower on it, and Mm. I instantly thought of you, friend. Oh, I need to see it before you announce it. I will. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to put you on, too. She your kind of chick, too. Yes. But that's it here. All right. Don't forget to email us for questions and the Black Business of the Week. In, uh, what are they called? Uh, suggestions, <laughs> input. I can't think of the word. But anyway, just, just send over all that shit to the friends on the loudspeakersnetwork.com and I'm going to sort through it. Do you guys have any church announcements? 
Um, no, Wednesdays, you guys know, um, new episodes of Grown Man Shit release on CassiusLife.com. Yeah. So you can make sure you check that out. Um, and there will be some really exciting church announcements coming up soon. So always looking forward to that. What about you guys? Asante. Don't forget to go to ifiwerearapper.com. Okay. Uh, at 10 a.m., more tickets are going. Oh, at 10 a.m., tickets are going on sale for the late show of well, If I Were a Rapper. It's going to be on March 24th at 11 p.m. Uh, tickets have sold out for the first show. I just decided to do a second show because of that. There, You will not be able to buy tickets to the first show, so please not ask me if you can exchange them and whatnot. You come in to party with the late-night crowd. So I'm expecting people to be drunk. I'm expecting people to be high. We're going to play games. We're going to make music. We're going to have a good-ass party and ass time. Y'all are going to help me make music, actually, because I have a live segment that I wanted to make really interactive for everybody. So it's going to be a good-ass time. Outside of that, that's bottom line, it. get your ticket. Right, right. that's you it. Know what I'm saying, and we'll see you there. <laughs> that's right, shit. <laughs> and don't forget to get your tickets for the friend zone. That's live. right. That's right. We, Atlanta, you sold out already. Thank Shout you out so to much Atlanta. for the love. That's right. Atlanta's already sold out, so I hope to see y'all there. And then Chicago is going to be May 12th, and Los Angeles is June 16th. TheFriendZoneLive.com. Those right. VIPs are sold out, so just buy yes. your ticket, or else you ain't going to be able to see us at all. Shout right. out to Target's Instagram, real quick. Target style. Target style check them okay. out show me love i'm so excited thank you guys for that push as far as me nothing our occasion next week i'll tell you guys more about it next Huge. week right it's super cool um as well as my website for the wellness retreat tour is yes. launching on march 22nd yes. so we've been working hard it's gonna be so beautiful yes. um i'll give you more details about that also next week and that's it for us thank you guys for listening as always we love you so much and we will catch you guys next stay week. black and peace out don't magic. get nothing on you either bye pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.